What's up? You're tuning in to a very special episode of Canvas Legalization News. We're watching New York vote on legalization right now. Hey, Tom. Hey, Maggie. Yo, what's going on? They're debating it over in the, uh, the New York Assembly right now. And so we could actually listen in if we wanted. But we have uh, some outlines of what's actually going to be passed today. And then we also have the Senate up. So thank you for joining us on a very special episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Don't forget to smash those likes and subscribes. And we hope to be able to bring you some of the history uh, making that's going on at the uh, New York Assembly right now. Wow, that's a big deal. That ends at any time by passing a new law overturning the opt-out option. So they're talking about they opting out. They're trying to allow opting out. It's a really good bill. I mean, the whole it's thing. It's a really is, good bill. It's the MRTA. Is that what the, the, the acronym is? Yes, the Marijuana Regulation and Tax Act. I mean, like, so, like, the only thing that. I mean, they address a lot of things, possession limits, home growth, law enforcement, uh, 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 prejudices. You know, there's a lot of good things they they, 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 they address here. You know, the one thing I, I just they, they don't address, which is every uh, recreational, recreational market's pain in the ass, is the traditional market. Well, we don't know how they're going to approach the traditional market. Everybody, you have to really wait and see on how they're going to create the licensing scheme for the uh, cultivation, especially, and also the retail. If I mean, it's be one thing if you're allowing all the cultivators to get in because you have like a micro plant license count like they do in Michigan where they have the class A license. So it could start, you can start with a hundred plants so you can go legit. And it's it's an unlimited amount of hundred plant licenses that they have in Jersey, and I'm sorry that they have in Michigan. I do too many effing states now. It's like, it's the, oh right. Well, they're coming like dominoes now, man. It's uh, everybody sees the money and the and the fact that the apocalypse hasn't happened. Right. <laughs> I mean, right now I'm grinding up some uh, uh, Girl Scout cookies across the roses. Uh, it's a uh, Girl Scout cookie, pineapple, cherry, lime, diesel. I don't know, dude. It's weed. Like, everybody should be allowed to do this. All right. Let's see. what What's going on? Like, uh, Lawrence throwing us a link. Are they actually voting on it now? Is that – are we trying to get on the – okay. Uh, let's add it to the stream. And so we actually have this one going. So we have the vote going right now. I'm going to turn up the volume on it just a wee bit. And I don't know if I can. My computer might actually be bugging out. And if it is, I am going to have another. I could try and share it on mine if you want. Actually, no. I it, it did caught up. This legislation, is there any change as to uh, what would constitute driving while impaired uh, due to cannabis? The laws that presently exist. Uh, for driving while impaired uh, under the vehicle and traffic law with respect to alcohol um, are still in play and now it will also include um, provisions for cannabis. So so currently, uh, from what I understand, district attorneys across uh, New York State uh, have difficulty uh, prosecuting marijuana cases uh, in driving instances. Is there anything uh, in here that will help help uh, prosecution cases uh, in regards to driving while under the influence of criminals. What a bullshit thing to chase after, though. They don't know what they're regulating, Miggy. They don't know what they're regulating. But there's always got to be fucking, like, you know, the, you know, the, the impairment bullshit. Like, uh, and what about the children? How are we going to protect the children? Like, these... 
I just you mean you mean by like carting people before they buy weed? You know, the infrastructure. Well, again, this bill is really well done. It's amazing because what is it? How many pages is it? It's a thousand 128. pages. It's 128, 128 pages. It's quite thin on details. There's going to be a lot of regulations. We actually have a couple of summaries of the bill. One's from Cuomo's website. Uh, let's get that link back up from Cuomo's website. And another one is um, uh, it is a outline that we made internally from reviewing the law. So let's just talk about that for a bit, and we'll also continue to monitor that. But um, so Louis Kruger is sponsoring in uh, the Senate. Let's talk about the effective immediately after the governor's signature, up to three ounces of flour or 24 grams of concentrate. A maximum of 12 plants could be grown per household with more than one adult. So basically right there, they just kind of know that they have no idea how much a plant can yield. Uh, and then also, you know, eh, police cannot use the odor of cannabis to justify searches. What a big deal. What a big yeah, deal. Is. Let's kind of go back to see where that she's at on this. Alcohol uh, continue to remain. Um, there will also be resources that will be put uh, into a study, which will be conducted. Uh, Let's check in with the Senate. Universities across the state of See where the Senate is. See if they've taken it up yet. And and asking them about the information that they need relevant to this legislation. Nope. Moratorium on COVID services. So the Senate has not taken it up yet, but it is currently being debated under the New York State Assembly. Thanks for joining us on a historic episode of. Hey, did we do any bumpers when we started the show? No. Oh, we didn't. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Welcome to another great example of. All right, Miggy, what are you twisting up? Oh, no, no, Miggy, it's not 420 yet. You see, you're not supposed to do that one. Oh. Well, it, it's 422 to somewhere. 420 somewhere. You're right. It is 420 somewhere. And I'm going to do a little bit of the Sun King. Sun King. Good cush. Nice. Like Sun King strength. No, but that's this is. Okay. Oh, that was just talking about the Sun King strain. Oh, Thanks. I totally botched the name the strain for today. If we could have done that for Sun King. Hey, if you guys want to get your name the strain pictures in, I want you to email Lauren. Let's get Lauren's email address up there for people so that they can uh, they can fill up her email address with pictures of nugs that look at least that good. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Working on it. Working. Up. Up. And now I have to get it to focus again. Auto focus. It's focusing on me. Stop focusing on me. Ugh. The frustrations that you have doing a live podcast on the internet while you're trying to report on historic stuff, but it's still uh, the Honorable Michael Riley is uh, still pontificating about what is to be done about the you know limits for driving. And again, like, you know, this is the bullshit. Why I get frustrated with these bullshit arguments is because. Again, how are you prosecuting the, the present people who consume cannabis and get arrested for it? all these crazy cannabis consumers who are driving already? How are you prosecuting them? Because that's how you're going to do it afterwards. Right. Isn't it already illegal to operate a motor vehicle while high? Yeah. I mean, this Isn't is not like already a like a DUI or an OWI, depending on what they call their uh, traffic infraction for operating a motor vehicle while uh, impaired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just reaching semantically as far as like reasons why they shouldn't uh, legalize 
uh, marijuana, which is, again, when you make that stance of having no reason to, when you're against the legalization, you're encouraging the incarceration of us, which is fucked up. Sure is. Well, let's see what he's still arguing about. Because, I mean... No, no, the traffic deaths. All the traffic deaths. <laughs> this dickhead. I mean, he looks like a fucking penis. Like, that's the problem. I think he just started off in life bad. I believe that the um, jurisdiction is with the, New York, with the New York State Police as well as law enforcement across the state of New York to be able to make those determinations on a case-by-case basis. We should do like a, an episode about how to do a New York accent. Hillary Clinton teaches you how to sound like you're from Brooklyn. Shit. I, got, I can do Jersey. You can do Jersey? That's good. Yeah. I like how you can do the Jersey accent as you live on the exact opposite end of, of the continental United States. I used to live in Jersey, man. You say water, you say water. water. It's almost like uh, Boston. Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> I really can't wait to go visit this year. My, my cousin, Holly, is a business consultant. I think actually lives in Brooklyn. So uh, when this guy is done... You know, saving the children and the, the poor people that are driving on the road, and they actually legalized it by passing the MRTA. Uh, hopefully, we can have some uh, events out in uh, the Empire State about getting that. They have a really good homegrown situation, though. They're going to be allowed to have six plants for personal use, three of which will be mature, and a maximum of 12 plants per household, which, I mean, that that's doable. I got three right here that I'm just starting. I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to live off it or get rich off of it, but that's the point. You're yeah. not supposed to get rich off of it or live off it. It's supposed to be for personal use. And so yeah. let's go over uh, the position piece from the embattled Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, you know, so tax collection is supposed to be $350 million annually and potentially create 30 to 60,000 jobs in the population of the Empire State, which is approximately, I believe, 20 million. And so uh, does he have any cool position pieces out there? They decrimmed adult use of marijuana in 2019. So it's been a couple of years after decriminalization. That's fairly common. That's about right. So like decriminalization usually precedes uh, a change in the cannabis laws for full adult use by a couple of years. And so like uh, that was what we reported on last year about uh, Virginia decrimming it. And now they've fully legalized it. And again, even when they uh, uh, legalize it, this is not going to be overnight where stores are going to be popping up and Starbucks are going to be happening. You know, you're going to have that regulatory market, which is going to create that uh, the infrastructure with like the license requirements. And the uh, as we were talking about the uh, trying to rid, eradicate the black market, traditional market, uh, I really like Pennsylvania's model. I mean, give everybody a chance to, to be a part of the game, you know, have all your stuff tested. People will smoke shitty weed. You know, but everybody's going to have to establish like the quality. That's going to be the thing that's going to uh, create the market, right? Because they're trying to, what is it, 50% minority? They want to get the, the licenses? Uh, yeah, let's, let's let's keep going over some of the bullet points of the MRTA coming out of Governor Cuomo's. And then we have some of our own bullet points as well. 
Uh, so it's it's going to be establishing the Office of Cannabis Management, which will help do have the comprehensive regulatory authority under its own particular brand. This has proven to be one of the most effective methods of regulating cannabis is when you have your own cannabis regulatory authority so that you don't, for example, like in Illinois, split it between the Department of Agriculture and the Department of Professional Regulation and maybe also have like the Department of Health involved somewhere, uh, which which creates a lot of uh, finger pointing at, at the other uh, regulatory body. So when you have this type of uh, regulatory landscape, which what they have now, uh, LARA became the MRA in uh, Michigan, and that's been more effective. And now they're, they're doing this both in New Jersey and in New York, that they're both going to start with a, uh, a unified regulatory a body that's whose, whose sole mission is to regulate the plant, which is uh, most effective. It's the most effective so far. I mean, I, I wish Illinois would have done that. And yeah. so... Well, um, yeah, Washington State. Washington State, yeah, because they still have the the they had a when did they get their liquor control board or actually it was the liquor control board. They still don't have a cannabis regulatory authority, right? Right, as I'm saying, we just grouped it with liquor, like like Washington State. So what happened at the time that uh, marijuana became recreational legal in Washington State? Uh, Washington State was also losing a bunch of liquor money, which uh, they called the Costco bill because all the state uh, run store, all the liquor stores were state run stores. So no, no, no private uh, business, I guess, or whatever. But uh, since they lost that revenue from the liquor, they gained that cannabis uh, revenue. And uh, yes, just absorbed it all. Uh, I think tobacco wells is uh, regulated by these groups like they're just uh, the, the fun police. But. Well, let's check out how they're going to treat uh, the other types of cannabis. Medical cannabis, the statute actually does deal with medical cannabis in addition to adult use cannabis. And so they're going to have that comprehensive regulatory authority to cover both. And they even get in hemp. And so like the cannabis regulatory authority is going to have wow. like the whole plant regulation, uh, hemp. Uh, medicinal cannabis and adult use cannabis. And so the medicinal would allow people with a larger list of medical conditions to access medical cannabis, increased number of caregivers allowed per patient and permit home cultivation of medical cannabis for patients. Very important. Uh, two-tier license, and then let's turn to adult use. The adult use has a two-tier licensing structure for large range producers by separating those growers and processors from also owning retail stores. What does that sound like? Say, say uh, there's they're separating the large two-tier licensing structure that allows for large range of producers by separating the growers and processors from also owning retail stores oh yeah 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 that's looking at washington right there that's i mean washington that's, the, State. that's washington oh, oh. yeah but but they're at least i mean again the, the our market's not the best or the worst um compared to california too but uh it did give employee rights like Chad, you know, he, he's a Washington state guy and uh, he's, he's recommending unions, right? Like before we had uh, recreational uh, cannabis, uh, as far as our covered by our employment infrastructure, uh, people didn't have rights. You, you, you worked at a bud tender, you, you, you got paid under the table. There was no taxes. There was no uh, uh, L&I if you got hurt. Or, or, or even the protections that they're offering in this bill coming up with the murder, which is pretty cool. Like if you're in the industry, and, and, you know, that's the biggest thing, right? You get hurt in the job, you pop for cannabis, you have no rights. You are not a human being, but it's exciting. Yep. Let's, let's dive back into a little bit more of it. Keep talking about what's coming to New York. Social and economic equity program also facilitates individually is disproportionately impacted by cannabis por uh, enforcement. Goal of 50% of licenses going to minority or women-owned businesses 
or distressed farmers or service disabled veterans to encourage participation in the industry. So like, I guess if you were a veteran, that's not enough. You also had to get like disabled in your service. I you see, I think that's just a bridge too far. Why is it the, only the disabled veterans that they want to give the vet that, you know, the, the stuff to why, why you well, serve? So, so the disability for veterans is a, is a huge thing for when it comes to uh, uh, like your, uh, when you get, when you separate for service. So yeah, it'd be cool if ideally, and that's how it used to be as a, as a veteran, you get out, everybody gets mad discounts and, and, and has this uh, entitlement. But now when you get out, uh, I think it's 10% or more uh, of your disability, uh, you get entitled to a lot of things like uh, uh, VA benefits or extra VA benefits, uh, extra um, like uh, uh you get uh, state or federal parks for free. You know, there's a certain degree of your disability that you get more things uh, allotted to you. Now, that's probably what you're thinking, but then it's probably doesn't, you know, doesn't pan. It's not right. You know, I agree. Yeah. Well, let's, let's keep looking at uh, how they're going to treat social equity. We have some more notes on our own internal one from our review of it. Uh, again, the goal of that and then the financially distressed farmers. So that's pretty much how the, the social equity is going to go. Uh, but then, of course, there's more social equity. There's the expungement aspect of social equity. People with convictions of marijuana-related activity made legal under the legislation would have their records automatically expunged. So I guess that's what, three ounces of possession. Uh, we'll have to dive into that more thoroughly. I wonder if they are going to have automatic expungement like we had here in Illinois. And then, as uh, Miggy was mentioning earlier, protections against discrimination, protections for discrimination in housing, educational access, and parental rights would be instituted for people who consume cannabis or work in the marijuana industry. So that's really good. Was it automatic through the expungement or did you actually have to apply for it? I mean, that is not the biggest hang up with this whole thing. They, they, they've made a couple. And so there was certain uh, offenses that were automatic ex expungement and now they're create. And then that was the first one. And then the next year they introduced a new bill for automatic expungement for pretty much anything uh, marijuana or cannabis related. So, you know, uh, that's great that they're extending protections to people in the industry because you know what those people are doing? They're delivering you delicious, delicious strains. So guess what time it is? So we're going to be playing some name that strain. Hmm. Look at that. Now, and for, for those of you uh, following along in your cars, what we are looking at is a um, uh, very red hair covered pointy nugget. It looks a little sharp. It's not like, you know, those golf ball size nuggets that you see in certain other forms of the plant, which will remain nameless because the point of name that strain is to, for us to give you enough clues so that you get the strain name correct. And then, of course, if you do get the strain name correct, we give you a mad shout out. And we'd also like to give mad shout outs to everybody who has joined our channel, all 17 of you, we're going to be putting you in the uh, credits for producing Cannabis Legalization News. We really appreciate the support. And I'm going to be turning the New Jersey webinar into members only. We'll be doing a, a New York webinar for members only after we get more information, after it's signed into law. But we wanted to give you some mad shout outs. For the, uh, again, for the, the radio people, um, I would contrast your red and say it's more of an orange. It's an ah. orangey um fibrous uh mm. you know the hairs and and then the green is more of a uh like a light sea green mm -hmm. yeah um, it's not a deep purple this is definitely not a purpley strain and so no. 
looking at it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we see anybody in the uh, comments that are saying the right strain. We'll be uh, looking at that further. Let's check back in with the uh, debate that's going on currently on the floor. Uh, okay. Times increase in the risk of that psychotic disorder. Oh, psychotic disorder increase. It's got to be weed. <laughs> psychotic disorders, especially in large cities. Paris, four times more likely. London, five times more likely. Not surprisingly, nine times more likely. I would just like to per, uh, hypothesize that the people that are in these uh, larger cities go insane because they're in larger cities. I was thinking about doing a new uh, skit. We should just do a politics on weed where we just watch these guys and smoke a lot of weed. Well, I still think what we should do is like, what are you saying is literally bullshit. Otherwise, when you look at, like, you know, uh, the rates of schizophrenia or you look at the rates of, uh, you know, type one bipolar disorder where you can have psychotic breakdowns and all those types of things, you in theory then should see at these cities like in Amsterdam. It should just be way over the top at Amsterdam. It should be like, oh, my gosh, don't go to Amsterdam. The, the streets are just filled with people with schizophrenia and, and bipolar type one because they smoked weed. I'm just saying, I'm calling shenanigans. Uh, that, I mean, what? You know, legalization has been with us now for almost 20 years in, mm -hmm. in, in some form of another. And the world's not worse off or better off. You know, it's still fucked. <laughs> Steve is all I guess. Now we got we got some of them that are coming in here uh, that that look kind of right, but not specifically right enough. So that's the hint. It is not specifically right enough. Let's check back in with the Honorable Michael Lawler, who is uh, currently spreading lies on the floor. Are more likely to be used by residents with mental health issues and by those without medical insurance. Manufactured cannabis products such as high potency concentrates are more. Name that strain, everybody. Name that strain. Manufactured cannabis products include. Oh, dang it. I'll just make sure Miggy's having fun. So now I can just. Increasing emergency calls. Oh, you're good. What you're listening to is mostly lies. High potency cannabis results in a higher news. And other mental health issues in young adults. Well, the anxiety I can get. THC can be anxiety inducing. That's one of the points. That's why you have the synergistic effect with the CBD. Yeah. Oh, and they also use other drugs. Hello, it's the slippery slope. We have reached the slippery slope portion of the explanation as to why we should continue to lock people up for marijuana. What usually follows thereafter is they get a frying pan and an egg, and then they just go full. <laughs> Where do you think we are in the Senate? They're still talking about COVID. Uh, and then, you know, New York did get hit hard by COVID. Let's go back and start digging into uh, some of the other aspects. Uh, this is coming from Marijuana Moment. Shout out to them and Tom Angle. And this one was by Kyle Yeager from five hours ago. We're happy that we get to support them and they get to make all these things. So we are uh, we, we pay them 25 bucks a month on Patreon. And if you like to stay on top of uh, cannabis legalization news like we do, consider becoming a patron uh, of there. And also, you know, join our channel because uh, then you'll get exclusive content. You can help Miggy write the next story. And then, of course, you can always play Name That Strain.
Yeah, no, as we keep going up, uh, people joining our little adventure here, it's getting exciting. And, and, and you know, we're, I mean, shit, we just talked to Tommy Chong. God damn it. We should just but, talk to Tommy Chong. That was fun. <laughs> uh, we, we talked to him. All right. <laughs> let's just go right, right back and see if we can see anybody guessing uh, something, something that is very appropriate for today's episode. That's one thing we can say. Name the appropriate strain for today's episode. Uh, okay, let's go over these bullet points. Here's a summary of the main components of 128-page New York marijuana legalization bill. Duh. Adults 21 and over will be able to possess and purchase marijuana products from licensed retailers expected to launch sometime in 2022. So, again, not overnight. This is not going to be a fast process. <laughs> no. But then I do like this. Adults could cultivate six plants for per personal use. Three are mature. Maximum of 12 plants per household with more than one adult. Home grow would not take effect until regulators set forth rules for it. And they would have a maximum of six months to do so for medical patients and must do so for adult use consumers no later than 18 months after the first retail rec sales begin. Who's the first one who got it? We got a couple people who got it. Oh, New York Diesel. Big shout out to Cultivo Con Tony. Don't forget to go growing with Tony. New York City Diesel. That is the obvious strain name for today's episode celebrating legalization in New York. So, hey, shout out to all the home growers coming to New York, especially the medical ones. It's great that they're going to be able to get it within six months, but hopefully the law, it becomes effective immediately. And then, you know, by 2020, late 2021, it'll be legal for uh, the medical card holders to start growing their own. And if it's anything like what happened in Illinois, magically, magically, I mean, uh, I could not, you know, I can't, I can't begin to tell you how ironic this was, but as soon as we, like it was, ours was January 1st of 2020 before the world went awry. And uh, and so it was amazing that on January 1st, 2020, they must have had like some magic beans because people were like already in flower. They were almost ready to harvest. And they're like, check out my home grow. And you're like, oh, wow. How did you get it that far ahead already? I think it's just as magic as where the seeds come from. Oh, I yeah, mean, the stork. the stork brings them. I, I mean, if you just pray hard enough, baby Jesus might lead you to the seeds. That's right. Made. That's right. You know, <laughs> that's how baby Jesus works. Hey, we got, uh, we, have, we have a news story, you know, I'm not sure if we uh, should get into this news story. It looks like it's uh, a little interesting. And so this news story kind of looks like it would take you back. You know, uh, it's one of those news stories that you might've read back in the thirties before the, when the, when you could still get away with some of the stuff that they're currently saying, uh, down there. And, and, and as a result of that, let's kind of dive into that now. Uh, reporting from the 30s, Mexican family goes insane. Five said to be stricken by eating marijuana. Uh, copyright, what is that, 1927? Or is that 37? From the New York Times Company. So yeah. in city, uh, July 5th, a widow and her four children have been driven insane by eating the marijuana plant, according to doctors who never lie. <laughs> They yeah. said there is no hope of saving the children's lives and the mother will be insane for the rest of her life. The tragedy occurred while the body of the father, who had been killed, was still in a hospital. The mother, who is without money to buy food for the children, whose ages ran from 2 to 15, so they gathered some herbs and vegetables growing in their yard, 
for dinner. Because when you're poor, you just go outside and cut down whatever you can and you throw it into a soup. Two hours <laughs> after the mother had uh, and children had eaten the plants, they were stricken. Neighbors hearing outbursts of crazed laughter rushed to the house to find the entire family insane. Uh, examination revealed the narcotic plant marijuana was growing oh. among the garden vegetables, which of course, what's the temperature of soup? Warm. Does the temperature of soup get hot enough to decarboxylate the weed? Oh shit! Never mind. Sorry, <laughs> I was just saying. Lori just posted that they're talking to the Senate. Uh, oh, let's let's go to the Senate. I will uh, very quickly get uh, back into the 21st century as fast <laughs> as I can. Where I, I'm trying to find the Snapchat thing. Um, open Snapchat camera. Oh, I see. It was over the other thing that I was using. Okay, uh, so let's let's get to the videotape real quick. Go here, and then here, here, and then finally here. Did you do a refresh? Oh, oh that's her. It's Liz Krueger. Shout out nice. to Liz Krueger. Marijuana, as well as Big shout out to Liz Krueger. Yeah. There are often guns involved. Shit. When people go to buy their marijuana, they don't know who it is they're buying from. There's no license. Safe access, baby. If they are organized crime, they don't know if that same person is selling other much more dangerous drugs. Woo! Safe access. To have a legalized system, which is the proposal of this legislation, ensures that the drug is safe from seed to sale. The people who are handling the drug, marijuana, growing it, to transporting it, to distributing it to retail sites, to the stores themselves, are all licensed where the state can keep track of exactly who's been involved in any level of the business and can make sure that dangerous cartel players are not involved in legal marijuana in New York State. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very true. Very true. We want we want to make sure that that is something that happens. I mean, you don't want that, that type of uh, crime in the industry. You want that industry to no longer be a crime. Every freaking person that votes against these bills should be just taken notice for because they're encouraging further incarceration and just setting back the racial clock overall. Yep, so, yep. There hey, were I gotta, in 1937. I got to go get vaccinated. We get my first shot. All right, Miggy's gonna go get vaccinated. I'm gonna go uh, do a little bit more on Liz Kruger. It'd be great if we could actually like hang out until they vote. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to hang out until they vote. That may take a bit, but you know what? Yeah. It's gonna be here before before you go ahead and sneak on out the gate. You know what? It's about to be in New York. Lit. Oh, it's about to be lit in New York. There's a lot of this stuff. A lot of New York City diesel is getting lit. Right about now in New York, as at four, we're closing in. We're on. We're at four nineteen, while both houses of the New York Legislature are debating legalizing marijuana. And there it goes. It is now officially. And that's somewhere. That somewhere is New York. 
All right, man. Hey, good luck on getting your shot. Don't tell them that you're smoking weed because they might say that, oh my gosh, don't you know that makes your Mexican family go insane? I was reading your story. Yeah. To turn me into a bat, fly around and goddamn kill people. Shit, man. Right hey, on. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Glad uh, glad you guys are all stopping in. Let's go back to the Senate. All right. In the state of New York after- 973 people currently watching this. I don't know. Um, I do know what's interesting when you change your drug laws, and we've seen it in a variety of states now. When you take away criminal law for low-paying fruit, like teenagers with marijuana in their pockets, you end up freeing up your police and your DAs and your courts to go after the more serious criminals. Woo! That's right. Test the drug, uh, test the rape kicks. Because in fact, people talk about, not that you asked me yet, but people ask about how much money we could make in a legalized, regulated system. A lot. I think one of the really make a lot. important things to understand from the research, we expect to actually save about $500 million in our criminal justice system simply because we have legalized marijuana $500 million in savings because of legalized marijuana. According to the uh, uh, author of the bill, Senator Liz Krueger, which is just amazing. So like, that's a huge swing. You're not just going to be making the $350 million of tax revenue. You're also going to be saving $500 million of all these other costs that go into the the prosecutions, the incarcerations and all that stuff of these low uh, of the marijuana crimes. or criminal justice or criminal behavior that having more money freed up for our police and our courts and our DAs to use to go after actual criminals is a win for everyone. Well put. Let's check in on the uh, the other house and see where they are on that. Now my understanding of 222 is that if, it's, if it's, the sale is over three ounces, or 24 grams, that would be a misdemeanor. So the section before, does that deal with under three ounces? Yes. Okay, and specifically that's 222.45, correct? I'm grabbing it for you right now. So they must be going over the, uh, the, the, the bill. That's one of the things we could be bringing up as well and going over the bill. Uh, okay, it's, so it's two, 22.50 misdemeanor, 364 days in jail, more than three ounces, 222.55, second E felony, up to 1.5 years in jail. If I may. Buyer under 20. Would you like to have the buyer under 20? No, no. I, as well, sir? I have those amounts. I'm asking specifically 222.45. That applies where the amount of the sale That's why we're here, Andy. is less than three ounces of 24 grams, correct? He's talking about 45. Yes, that is, and, it, and actually does apply to cannot so sell the, minors under 21. So the fine for selling to a minor up to three ounces or 24 grams is 250 bucks. I guess that's not enough punishment for selling to children, for uh, him. 
Now, if he wants to make an amendment to that, he's more than welcome to. Uh, just because you don't think you're punishing uh, people that are selling three ounces or less of cannabis to people that are under 21 doesn't necessarily mean that you maintain the system that you currently have and continue to arrest and, and, and continue to uh, not tax and not provide safe, pure access to the cannabis plant to the people of New York. Now, if he wants to make an amendment to this bill next year to increase the penalty of selling any amount of cannabis to people under 21 in the state of New York, go with that. Why are you going to in the way of progress, bro? Because he doesn't like weed. That's why. levels and high levels of empowerment and community support, they're very much unlikely to be pursuing someone who's old enough to get something for them that they should not have. So if this was a deposition, I'd move to strike the answer as non-responsive, but thank you for that. I guess we know who's a lawyer. Uh, section, I'm going to turn your attention to section 132 sub 4 provides that any person under the age of 21 found to be in possession of cannabis shall be subject to a $50 fine this time, a $50 civil penalty payable to the Office of Cannabis Management. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So there's very little incentive, if not any, because they're not going to receive any of the revenue for a municipality to issue a summons if they're not going to receive that revenue. Is that correct? Um and very often, this is actually where a lot of the logjam that has been delaying the New York law and also the New Jersey law came into the play where it's like, well, how do we criminalize the sale of this to children and also do some some additional law enforcement? It all still comes down to how do we make sure that we can still keep arresting and, and prosecuting people for this cannabis plant? You know, and I realize that he's upset that children may get the cannabis plant uh, from uh, illegal people that are selling it to underage kids. but that's currently happening right now. And so if you really wanted to do something to, to fix that, uh, he could, he could address it because I mean, it's currently happening right now. Uh, and anyway, so let's, let's talk more about these licenses that are going on. We can check in what's going on with the Senate. If you guys have any questions, uh, Lauren will kind of review your questions in the comments. Cause one of the things we want to do is we'd like to see votes on it. Like, you know, if we have uh, over a thousand people right now watching in the Senate as the product. Oh, she's talking about it. Um, Maybe she's going to answer it. Exceptionally difficult to advertise this. It is exceptionally difficult to advertise. Like, it's so difficult to advertise this product after reading it in New York. I swear, like, a lot of these uh, states are going to open themselves up to First Amendment uh, right to commercial speech lawsuits over the course of the next 10 years as cannabis becomes just as accepted as Bud Light. If anything, more accepted. In public education funds to educate children and their families about the dangers of drugs, including marijuana for young people. We have established all kinds of traffic safety issues within the bill based on discussions with DAs and police. Um, in fact, that took up a huge amount of time in working through this bill to get here today. Um, we factored in concerns about communities, perhaps just not wanting the product being sold at all because of concerns. And we built in opt-out options so that localities can decide so like, that's the other thing, like even with this legalization, even in California, in um, Illinois, it, maybe in your state, in Michigan, 
uh, communities can still opt out and say, well, while it's legal here, it's not legal for you to sell. It's not legal for you to grow. It's not legal for you to process. They can still exempt the industry from their boundaries, kind of like a dry county uh, after prohibition. These moral judgments and then these, you know, if they actually looked at the cannabis plant without this slant of how can I find what's bad for it, as opposed to how does my endocannabinoid system work and how would cannabis be a supplementation to my endocannabinoid system or how could cannabis uh, uh, assist anything that may be going wrong in my endocannabinoid system that might be causing an underlying inflammatory disorder or something else. Oh, well. So if you guys have any questions, I mean, I'm going to continue to kind of like monitor this. We want to see the vote so that we can actually have that vote for you for historical purposes. And if you're watching this in the future and you just want to see the vote and be like, bam, uh, you'll probably just have to skip basically toward the end of this video. Uh, but they're, they're, I don't know how bombastic they're going to get uh, because of these types of, uh, oh gosh, think of the children and the moral opprobrium of the whole thing that for whatever reason, some people have toward this plant. Uh, this, like, for example, Honor Honorable Keith Brown is still, um, they would call, what do they call that? It's, is it, is it examining the witness? No, it's not exam. It's prosecuting them almost. Uh, you know, they're examining them. They're just picking as many holes as to why they are not going to vote for this as possible. Uh, and so you could tell that this guy wasn't just a lawyer. He's probably a litigator. I highly doubt this person ever put together a deal in his life. So the underage child who is in possession and a $250 fine. $250 for the person that sells to a minor. What in God's name are we doing? This bill does nothing to protect young adults from underage use. As the ranking minority member on the Assembly Alcohol Substance Abuse Committee and a father, I am deeply concerned about the potential impacts legalizing marijuana will have on young adults and on our quality of life in New York State. I've been discussing this bill with Chairman Steck and a sponsor in the hopes of informing them of the potential risk this and again like the the brick i mean the, the the bread and butter of this man's argument is we need to punish that person who sold weed to that child more stringently than a 250 dollars fine if you sold weed to a child we want you on a list somewhere so that people will judge you all right so we did have a question um and then I'm not sure who asked it, but Lauren asked, uh, when can we start growing plants in houses at NYC? Well, if this is going to be effective, uh, if, you know, if it's going to be legal for you to have, I believe, three ounces effective immediately. Um, uh, you see, how did that stuff get there? Uh, people will probably start growing. Whether that's legal, no, it is not technically, but then is it legal to possess? Yes, it is. And so people are, uh, you know, they're already taking this risk now all over the United States. They're, they're scoff laws. They're illegal. They're taking that risk. Uh, and so that risk will at least be mitigated to them to the extent that it will be legal to possess uh, you know, three ounces. But of course, if you've ever grown a, a, a beautiful cannabis plant very well, you know that it could weigh more than three ounces. And so, you know, if you want to try one plant, yeah, sure, you know, get an autoflower, go for a really small plant and then try to see if you can keep it, even though it's wet and growing under the weight limit. I don't think you can. Um, but then uh, they are going to do rules for the medical. So get your medical card. If you're going to just try to, you know, 
follow the rules, put the risk on who's ever going to be growing it to somebody else and always have under your possession limits of those three ounces, which is technically legal uh, after it's effective immediately and it's been passed. Then uh, in six months, there's going to be rules for how you can uh, get your right to cultivate your six plants. That's three that are in veg and then three that are in flower per person. And so 12 per household. Uh, and so those for adult use will take who knows long. But for the uh, medical patients, hopefully it's going to be six months or less, and then they can lawfully start growing. But the weird thing will be like on Facebook and stuff, there will be all these uh, New York and, and New Jersey now uh, cannabis gl- clubs that are growing. And then they will really start sharing their pictures of these uh, after it's totally legal to home grow. Uh, and then for some, whatever reason, uh, they're already like well past veg, almost to harvest. You're like, oh, ready for the chop, you know, which is kind of hilarious. But then you have a six month drag time. So uh, uh, try to follow those rules out there in New York. And welcome to the weird, crazy gray area that is cannabis legalization. OK, any other questions that we have? We have one from Gary Tam. What do you think it's going to take to start a cultivation farm? What was it going to take to start a cultivation farm? Well, it's going to take Mr. Uh, Honorable Keith Brown getting voted down, A. Uh, And so if he gets voted down, then you're going to have a licensing window, and we aren't exactly sure when. It appears that they are trying to have a tiered licensing system that is going to uh, open up the market for smaller players. And hopefully the intention of that is to uh, prohibit, and it's not necessarily prohibit, you're trying to absorb the traditional market players, knowing that the traditional market players are only cultivating 500 plants or less. Very often, they're actually cultivating 100 plants or less. And so that's one of the reasons why these licenses of 100 plants or less are so crucial to bringing down the cost of entry for getting into the cultivation business, which can be exceedingly high, uh, to try to grow, I'm sorry, to try to build a facility for premium indoor flower is one of the more expensive things that you can build. It's over $300 per square feet. Uh, There's so many systems that have to go into it. Of course, it can get cheaper if you're going to grow it outdoor in a greenhouse, but we aren't going to be necessarily talking about that. Your canopy size and the regulations that are on it are going to really dictate how how crazy it's going to cost you to uh, get into the cultivation space. I really hope that the regulations allow for these types of tiers. And Montana's got a wonderful example. I believe California does as well. Michigan's pretty good. Um, Where you have the small tier so you can get in and then you can grow. Uh, and so anyway, that's that's kind of what it is. It's not necessarily a precise answer because it's not necessarily a precise question. It's like, well, what do you mean by cultivation? So if you describe to me the operation that you want, then it becomes a very e- uh, much easier uh, question to answer as to how much it's going to be. So is it OK to use edibles in public and legal states? Probably not, you know, Um <clears throat> You have to see how each state is defined for its particular uh, use case. And so if it says, you know, where, what public consumption is allowed or is prohibited or how it's defined, uh, it's going to have that. Uh, the so what of it all is usually like when I see somebody putting gum in their mouth or like taking a swig of a drink or or eating something, I'm not like, are they dosing? 
But, you know, and so because of that, you're going to get away with a lot more. Uh, okay, let's see exactly where we are. Sometimes you can tell when they're starting to wrap up the debate. Uh, we're hoping they're going to wrap up the debate. We do have, they already talked about the municipal opt-out, governing body. Ooh, this is a good one. Let's try to get that New York timeline uh, talked about and maybe a few more New York details talked about prior to wrapping this up. But first, let's check in on the Assembly and then we'll check in on the Senate to see what the status of the debate is. Okay. Um, and, and I assume just in the short term, in, in the first, uh, in financial year 2022, uh, any revenues would likely be from from licensing, correct? For as as these businesses are get, are getting started, as there would not be sales uh, yet. There is a possibility that there could be some licensing that is implemented within by twenty twenty two. So yes. Okay. Uh, licensing so by twenty twenty two. That's that's interesting. So let's hopefully have a a licensing round in New York and come twenty twenty two. Given that you have that number, how uh, how these projections in terms of uh, revenue were, were made, uh, were they made internally, were any outside firms uh, enlisted, and is that part of the consideration, the uh, illicit market, as well as the experience of some of our neighboring uh, states? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, um, our um, team, Ways and Means team, did the analysis, and that's where we think we are, somewhere around $360 million, uh, in the first year once fully implemented. That's not bad. That's a lot of new revenue plus the downside savings. But anyway, he's just still trying to find some more specifics in the House. Let's now check in on the Senate. To, oh, Liz Kruger is back. Uh, oh, I have to mute them. Flipping back and forth between the Senate and the House. Pull them over. They can ask them to come out of the car, do a field sobriety test, I believe is the term. And I think it's the same one, whether it's alcohol or marijuana. And if the person flunks the test, they then do not let them continue to drive. They arrest them. They arrest they them. them to the precinct. Then what happens? Okay. For a chemical test. And based on the results of the chemical test, and so she's still trying to explain to uh, the objectors what it means that they are going to be protected from uh, intoxicated driving uh, to the, you know, from marijuana. It's pretty interesting. And Uber watching the show, don't forget affiliate seeds. We have affiliate, Miggy is reporting from uh, Slack, our Slack channel, that we have affiliate seeds to, uh, we can't plug seeds here. Okay, Lauren is mentioning that we can't plug seeds. Am I still live? Holy crap, if only I was a cat now, I could totally get out of this. <clears throat> so uh, municipal opt-out, we've already covered. Governing body, uh, we've already covered. License types, that's pretty good. Before we get to the timeline, let's do a few of the license types. Commercial cultivators, processors, distributors, retailers, cooperatives, and nurseries would be created with a prohibition on vertical integration except for micro-businesses, social consumption sites, and delivery services will be permitted. It's going to depend on how those come out. Uh, the statute doesn't necessarily fill in all the details. That will be provided in the regulations, but I am happy that they are going to allow for a social consumption area because uh, when you legalize this plant and then you give people no place to use it, you really uh, have only frustrated and continued to stigmatize these people that sometimes turn tune into the cat reading the news for, uh, you know, because it's 2021 and, uh, and that's what happens. 
But let's do the timeline. So uh, if this becomes effective immediately, March 27th, uh, they, they, that was a few days ago, they reached this deal uh, that's going to allow this. And now they are, they are debating it right now on the floor. And, and we expect him to vote on it as soon as it's been debated. We're, we're monitoring that just so that we can uh, get it, get it uh, taken care of uh, and then wrap this up. And then, boom, we have that historical um, record of when uh, New York legalized it so that we can always have that for our viewers, which we really like. Uh, and then, of course, the legislative leaders, the, the budget is coming up tomorrow. And so they need to have that budget in place by April 1st. And so that's really lit a fire under the, um, uh, the legislature to get this done now. Uh, and then the legislation does take effect immediately, but for sales to start, it's going to have to set up rules first and a cannabis board. And so that's going to take for probably a lot of 2021. And then you're going to see how um, uh, we can tell them to go to free THC for the link, though. That's awesome, Lauren. Can we get like a bumper on that? Speaking of bumpers, uh, we're going to wrap up this this timeline and then we're going to take a, a small break. So uh, what will happen is. Uh, you're you're going to probably see cannabis sales starting in uh, 2022. It will be all the medical providers that are currently there. Those medical providers are probably MSOs. They will have a monopoly for a little bit of time. And then that licensing round uh, will start in 2022. Uh, the, the sales uh, will probably kind of be pretty in, uh, impressive for 2022 just for the monopoly players that are currently operating that'll get grandfathered from medical to adult use. Uh, and then there'll be some uh, method that they will license the current players to make them kind of like automatically licensed. They usually charge some some fairly large amounts from the current players uh, to because they know they're going to get a monopoly and, and make a lot of money that year. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to have the home grow start for the medical after that six months where they have the rules for it. And then you, it's going to be longer before the home grow starts for the adult use. But hopefully in uh, winter of 2022, like because I'm anticipating New Jersey being open for licensing round in uh, this fall, like Thanksgiving kind of holiday, we'll be doing New Jersey and then they'll close. And then I'm hoping New York opens, I don't know, two months later, because like seriously, if you've never done a licensing round and you never managed like 10 different teams for like stacks of documents that are this thick and you have to be exceedingly hyper organized. And so when people sign up for us, one of the, the first thing we do after they signed up our, on our MSA and our SOW is, and, and then of course they've paid, they've paid. Uh, then we make sure to have the, um, the kickoff, the strategy kickoff, where we go through our technology stack that we use and we explain how, you know, it's, it's, I'm not sure you've heard, ever heard of a Gantt chart or like waterfall diagrams, that type of stuff. So we walk them through where it's like, no, and then we build this and then we're getting this and then we're going to introduce you to him or her, whomever the particular vendor is. And then you put all that together so that they are ready to go by the time the regulations hit and then we fill in more details. And then by the time the actual application gets there, we want to be in a position where uh, a lot of it is 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 kind of known, but then it's more it's more like an amoeba. You know, so like we know what's going to be in there, but it's gelatinous and it's not necessarily compartmentalized as to where it's going to be. And then they will say, in this exhibit, we want your operation plan. In this exhibit, we want your inventory control plan. In this exhibit, we want your odor mitigation environmental plan. In this exhibit, you have to explain to you how well you can stand on your hands while also speaking French. And you're like, that doesn't even make sense for, for marijuana. And you're like, well, that's because it's the cannabis industry. Sometimes in the cannabis industry, the rules make you think, uh, I'm sorry, am I a cat? cat again. Oh, that will happen. All right. Um, 
Do we have any more questions? Because we still are waiting for them to uh, come back. If you have some questions, get it in. I'm going to take a little break. We're going to check back in on the, uh, the the people that are trying to vote. They still haven't voted, and we want to bring that vote to you, but we can't cut the feed. Otherwise, if we cut the feed, how do we go back live when they're actually voting? So hang out. We'll be right back on a very special episode of Cannabis Legalization News. I can't believe this is my full-time job. All right. Assembly Majority Leader Crystal People's Strokes or Stokes recently estimated it could take 18 months to two years for sales to start, which doesn't make any sense. New York does have a medical cannabis uh, operation that's going on right now. If they wanted to license those operators that they're allowed to sell to adults in 2022, they could. The supply would just be ridiculous. And then uh, there just wouldn't be very many places in which to actually uh, buy the stuff. And that's going to be one of the issues. Let's see, we got one from Jeff. Oh, okay. All righty. Uh, I'm going to get back to Jeff in a bit. Um, go back to the Senate. Liz Krueger still standing up for it. Let's see what she has to say. Pull over, meet, prove the standards. Sometime soon, have some kind of machine available. Holy crap. We had that entire thing where we smoked a bull. I was a cat. I read some other stuff. I explained the timelines of New York cannabis. And she is still explaining why this is not going to be a DUI risk. Still explaining why it's not going to be a DUI risk. I, uh, I wonder how good our statistics are in the state of Illinois so that I can pull. Now, again, I cannot stress how much uh, people were drinking during the COVID-19 crisis, uh, but they weren't driving very much. So the drunk driving numbers should have gone down. And then I, a lawyer, can say that the causal reason for that was because we legalized weed. So I'm going to see if I can, uh, uh, I'm not sure if, if Lauren can help me on doing some of those Googlings so that I can, you know, kind of listen to Ms. Kruger, and we all can, while uh, we see how if, if there's any Mr. merit President, to that claim. The sponsor continues to yield. Does the sponsor yield? Yes. The sponsor yields. Just, uh, another follow-up to this question. I mean, have there been any discussions in terms of uh, providing an estimate uh, to the executive about what uh, the majority thinks is an appropriate amount of money uh, to invest in this issue of DRE. So been any discussion about, um, you know, from the 343 that we're currently at, what that number should be uh, as we move forward? So I asked the head of the state um, troopers that question. Got the answer. And so there was, there was a substantial decline uh, of DUIs in the state of Illinois after Illinois legalized cannabis for the year 2020, in Illinois, there was only 5,970 arrests for DUI in Illinois in 2020. However, in 2019, there were 7,468 such arrests for DUI in Illinois in 2019. Therefore, it, ha it was because cannabis was legal. When you legalize cannabis, your DUIs clearly crash. It had nothing to do with the COVID-19 outbreak whatsoever. ever. Uh, and anyway, uh, that's, that's one thing that uh, they are still debating uh, on the floor of the New York Assembly uh, and the New York Senate. And now it, it appears that, oh, oh, Latrice is per participating remotely through teleconferencing. Okay, so that would be that would be in an in, in, in illicit sales situation. 
when you say illicit. Well, in a, in a legal sale, not something done through this legalized market. Right. Well, this is it does not uh, consider a sale being taking place at a dispensary. Okay. Thank you. But I do want to, you know, acknowledge the fact that you mentioned um, that there are provisions here uh, with respect to the sale. Uh, I'm going to pull the uh, the Murta for us. I just have to go in my uh, my finder and then some other stuff. While I'm pulling the Murta, let's listen to Assembly Member Latrice Walker uh, debate with a Republican whose name escapes me. He's um. You'll see him. He's got glasses and he's, I believe, quite bald. And adult use. And so thank you for the question. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that is designed for that situation. My, I, the question again, though, was was with regard to the defense. So if, so if this was a um, sale, then, you know, not through a legal dispensary, uh, but is so is the defense contemplated to be, you know, absolute, like, I'm a 21 year old. I make this sale to an 18 year old. I am not guilty of two. I guess I would not be guilty of 22250. I could. I. I guess I could be charged under that. Um, there's a violation. I think that's a lesser offense. Is that correct? If the person, um, uh, if the person is within three years older than the buyer and the buyer is under 21. This is the circumstance that we're yes. dealing with. So under uh, the penal law 22250, uh, this would conduct, this would consist of an A misdemeanor uh, and also up to 364 days in jail. Uh, but there is a defense um, that's an absolute defense with respect to this provision. I'm assuming somebody's out of time. That, that buzzer usually means somebody's out of time. Uh, I did find the Murta. I pulled it up. We have the micro business license there. Uh, just going to check and see what they're doing. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, all of you know, because I've said it a thousand times, uh, my purpose for being here and my calling in life is to be a catalyst for the liberation of my people, African people here in America and dispersed throughout the world. Uh, the biggest enemy to the world, I think, is imperialism and to our nation, the colonial capitalist system and its racist ideology that permeates every institution. So I look for tools to fight against this. I look for people who have soundness of mind to fight against this. So cannabis use is not one of the weapons I would use to fight for my liberation and to encourage young people to even use it to fight for their liberation from this colonial capitalist system and its racism. I heard the uh, sponsor of this bill, she spoke of more other kinds of things that young people should get involved in and not cannabis. And she outlined some of them and said she would encourage that. And I heard her also say that there would be education for it. And I heard her also mention that if these young people chose these other courses, they may not even go into the life of use of cannabis. I know the sponsor of this bill very well. I know she loves her people, particularly her young people. She wouldn't do anything 
that she thought would be detrimental to them. I also know that... Not sure. Uh, it sounds like someone's like, well, does he even support cannabis use? I, I couldn't tell. But um, <clears throat> sounds like he's still going to be voting for it. The microbusiness license, it's actually section 73 of the new law. You can find it on page 43 out of the 128. And it says, it micro license shall authorize a limited cultivation, processing, distribution, delivery, and dispensing of their own adult use cannabis and cannabis products. The microbusiness license also exists in Michigan. And so if you want to see um, this license go nowhere, go look at the state of Michigan's data because the micro-business license is usually, you, you've seen the amount of prejudice against this plant. Even the supporters were like, I don't think they should get into the cannabis lifestyle. And I'm sitting there going like, the fuck? And then, uh, uh, but still, you know, people are judged, even when they support the legalizing of the weed, they're judgmental of the plant. And, and it's just, it just get, goes back to the, 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 the fundamental misconceptions about this plant and, and its ability to help the people and even the earth. Uh, so the, it, then the microbusiness license is always kind of set up like this. So you, you're not allowed to hold direct or indirect, indirect interest in other licenses pursuant to that chapter. And you may only distribute its own cannabis and its own product to its uh, to dispensaries. And so like you are only allowed to hold that particular license. And it says there, I believe that you could also then sell your product to particular dispensaries, but you'd probably have it more being like... Um, a local brewery with a tap room kind of deal. And so that's what the micro business license is. It is an amazing idea. I'd love to own one and to like have, you know, an awesome, let's broadcast the show from the micro business license. Um, but the problem with that is micro business licenses aren't very often granted because the community in which they're going to operate is like, ah, think of the children. And then uh, you might, and this might probably be happening again with, um, you know, cops just sitting outside uh, consumption lounges and being like, there's one, let's go pull him over. And because they know it's coming out of a consumption lounge looking like Snoop Dogg. And um, they're gonna be like, that guy's clearly high. He's no way he's gonna, you know, pass that sobriety test. Okay. And then there's always those types of restrictions with a micro business license. It's so you're gonna play in that pool, that's fine, but then you can't get out of that pool. The delivery license. While we're at it, let's just check the delivery license real quick because everybody wants that delivery license sometimes. You hear it. So the delivery license authorizes the delivery of cannabis and cannabis products by licensees, independent of another adult use cannabis license, provided that each delivery license may have a total of no more than 25 individuals providing full-time paid delivery services to cannabis consumers per week under a license. For the purposes of this section, the State Cannabis Advisory Board shall provide recommendations to the board for the application process, license criteria, and scope of this license. We know jack flipping squat about what's going to be happening in this license and how to get that because that's it. Like that's, that's it. It's the board is going to tell us. Like, and so we have to wait for the regulations. This is why it takes so long to have licensing rounds because the statute says nothing. And so uh, we have to wait for all that stuff to come out. And then and Cuomo is not exactly going to be like reelected. Uh, and so if he runs for reelection and suddenly all those Republicans that were just chomping at the bit for like, you know, let's punish these people that are that are having uh, sales to children. And let's also make sure that it's always really, really easy. So as soon as soon as you smoke weed in your drive, we can arrest you. Um, uh, what if their guy gets elected because Cuomo likes to molest ladies? That would just totally uh, um, uh, fuck up the New York cannabis legalization, which sucks. 
A lot. A lot, a lot. And then no person may have, a, and going back to the dispensary license, my pontificating being over, no person may have a direct or indirect financial interest or controlling interest in more than one delivery license. Great. So you could see how this is going to be a fairly stacked license, but it also, I mean, by stacked, I mean, you'd have like a, a retail and then a delivery on top of it to rove around and have no more than 25 marijuana delivery drivers uh, that are on it. But then it says, shall authorize the delivery on cannabis by independent of another adult use cannabis licenses by licensees, provided that each delivery may have a total of no more. You see, it doesn't say anything of retail sale there, does it? See, it just says the delivery, not the retail sale. All right. Now, let's see here. Um, who are the big players right now in New York? Let's let's go to a question uh, from a, let's see here, Robert Raspero. Who are the big players in New York that will benefit next year if they allow sales? The big players in New York next year that will benefit if they allow sales, oops, are these ones. So you have, is that a Cultiva? A Columbia Care, Curaleaf, the largest publicly traded cannabis stock there is, Curaleaf. You would have a lot of Curaleaf products. Um, I'm trying to zoom into it so you can almost make it out. There it is. There's Cetiva Medical, DBA as, who knows? So that's that's one of the smaller ones. There's Columbia Care, Curaleaf, Etten, Fiorello Pharmaceuticals, MedMen's in there. Hey, NY Canna, Pharmacan of New York, uh, Valley Agriceuticals, and Vero Health of New York. These are an interesting hodgepodge of some very large MSOs and some that I've never heard of, which is kind of a good sign. But uh, those are going to be the players that will be benefiting if they are allowed a monopoly uh, after it, it becomes effective and like people want to actually go out there and purchase cannabis. We're really going to have to see a lot, a lot from the uh, the regulations that come out. Let's oh, voting in the negative. So they are voting. Thank you, Mr. President. Would the sponsor yield, please? Would the sponsor yield? Sponsor yield. Thank you, Senator Kruger. How are you? I'd like to ask a, a few questions, if nope. I may, on some of the specific provisions of this bill. So, Still interrogating Senator Kruger. Section 127. There's a heading while you get to it that I'll just, I'll read the section that I'd like to ask a question on. That's the use of cannabis. Unlawful discriminations prohibited. Um, indicating no person, registered organization, licensee, um, or their agent shall be subject to arrest, prosecution, or penalty in any manner, or denied any right or privilege. Section 127. To civil liability or disciplinary action by a business or occupational or professional licensing board or office solely for conduct permitted under this chapter. Now, generally in that regard, regarding that section, um, was this intended to create... Um, a new protected class, I guess, when we talk about discrimination, just that word has very significant legal meaning. So could you just describe for me whether or not this becomes almost a protected class situation? This is a constitutional equal protection clause uh, question to determine whether or not uh, putting in uh, language that he was just reading we had up on the screen uh, constitutes a um, unconstitutional protected class. And then I'm not sure... So on pause. Oh, she's that, back. That, you know, you can't discriminate in labor law for people who are involved with marijuana products, including with unemployment benefits. One second. 
Uh, I see. There, she's cribbing, and that's cool. And while she's cribbing, uh, we'll also be cribbing then because he's probably reading this. You know, what's what's this? And then, then that's we create protected classes in New York State. It's in human rights law, and this is not human rights law. Oh, and it's also not germane because it's human rights are which create the uh, protected classes. This is just helping people make sure that they don't get um, uh, unjustly fired for for use of a lawful substance. Lawsuit for discriminating based upon that paragraph, if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly. So state or local office will not cooperate or provide assistance in enforcing federal controlled substances act, except for actions consistent with this Can chapter. I, so it removes their ability to, so again, it's, it's one of those deals where these guys are clearly lawyers. And then they're asking if this provision is going to create what they call a cause of action. So somebody could then sue their employer, for example, if they have been denied a right or privilege. Now, if you get fired for using cannabis, you don't have the right to use cannabis. Uh, you don't. You usually only have constitutionally protected rights. And then that might have been what she was just mentioning that is not necessarily in this section, in this area or this particular section of the, the codification of the, the state laws of New York. Um, so there's that. But this is no person registered, yada, yada. Or denied any right or privilege. It's like you can't say I'm firing you because you use weed is kind of what I, I take that to, to mean, but not limited civil liability or disciplinary action. So, for example, if I'm a lawyer in New York and I'm not, I'm not licensed there, uh, I'd have to be a consultant and then I would you know, do business consulting and, and financial planning and shit like that for uh, applicants. And then I'd find local counsel. Um, so you aren't going to get sanctioned because you smoke weed as a New York lawyer or smoke weed as something else that's professionally licensed in the state of New York, for example, maybe being a doctor. The avoidance of doubt, then they try to clarify again, uh, the appellate division, the Supreme Court in the state of New York, disciplinary character fitness. Now that's, that's basically really, when they say character and fitness and professional licensing boards within the section, that it looks like they're trying to protect lawyers from getting um, just, you know, uh, penalized for using weed. And then of course it's a prohibition against state or local law enforcement. I don't see anything that says that there's a private cause of action for this, nor would I see that there's like, if you got fired for smoking weed on your job, um, you are not being denied a right or privilege. Usually jobs are at will. And so that's saying like, no, I fired you because you smoked weed is different than saying I fired you because you're black or I fired you because you're a woman or I fired you because you're old, uh, you know, protected classes. And so that gets back to his question of why they were asking those protected classes. Uh, I, I just don't dis I just don't agree with his contention that there's actually going to be a cause of action there. But that's a matter for the courts, not necessarily for him. But again, again, he just doesn't want to vote for it. So let's uh, check in in the Senate. Answers, but I had some questions about vaping for the sponsor. Looks like you take that question. Banking. Happy to respond. It's my pleasure. Uh, what specifically would you like to know as it relates to vaping? I can tell you right away that smoking cannabis would be banned anywhere. Smoking, uh, any banned indoor smoking laws are already in place. They would remain in place. So you cannot smoke in places of employment, in bars, in restaurants, in public places, mass transportation, subways, or hospitals. Uh, additionally, the bill would explicitly ban smoking of cannabis in automobiles, retail tobacco stores, cigar bars, outdoor dining, enclosed rooms, 
in restaurants utilized for smoking purposes and retail e-cigarettes. Thank you for anticipating. That wasn't the question, but uh, I'm sure somebody's going to come up with that later. Uh, I was curious if you remember back in 2019 when flavored vapes were taken away and uh, they could only use a nicotine vape. Uh, at that time, vaping stores lost a considerable amount to the black market where you could purchase flavored, dairy flavored vapes at various gas station stores and under the counter type things. Will vape stores also be allowed to be dispensaries for cannabis uh, products? No. For vaping? No, sorry. I mean, they apply for a license and a granted one, they could possibly, but right now, no. Okay, and the, the vaping industry, like I, I just mentioned, yeah, this happens all the time. People that like own and CBD is fine. Like if you own a CBD uh, retail outlet, that's great. But then like people would be like, oh, I want to be doing this or I want to be a CBD bakery and then I'm going to get this license. And I'm like, eh, that's not how it works. You know, you're going to get a very specific license so that you can do anything with THC and it's exceedingly regulated. Uh, and so your experience in the retail of, uh, of the CBD business with the, the regulations that you have to comply with uh, yeah, it's 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 an adjacent industry, and same with the cultivation of the hemp plant. But you know, um, the baking aspect of it, not necessarily so much, because like, how are you doing the titration of the dosage and the exact measurement of all that stuff? And then, uh, usually, people aren't creating their own edibles uh, with uh, an extraction lab and and with distillate or with the ability to create nano emulsions and other stuff. Those can get quite expensive to have like a a lab. Okay. All right, and then uh, let's kind of catch up on some more questions that we got going in. Let's see, there's the, the regulations, and then there's that link. Prohibitionist, reefer madness. Oh, does Illinois have anything about delivering cannabis coming up? No. Illinois is a complete cluster when it comes to anything cannabis. All right, man. Any, any questions, just hit them up in the chat. Uh, we're still... Yeah, it is. It is really, really ridiculous. We're kind of waiting for the uh, the actual vote. Um, hopefully, my inbox isn't piling up. Uh, I can check on the, the the team to make sure that they are doing their tasks. I'll check on the team soon. Let's see what they have to say. Okay, cigarettes bad. Got it. Cigarettes bad. Um, and the consumption site. Right. No cigarettes. That might be okay once you get back in your car, but you can't get in your car and smoke cannabis. Okay, but you can smoke a cigarette there, right? Yes. Okay. I just thought it was odd that it was, tobacco was not allowed in a cannabis site. Uh, and a little bit about taxation. Most times when we tax a substance, it's, discourage, it's to discourage its use, like tobacco. We don't want uh, people smoking frivolously so that we tax it higher so that they have to pay the price for their for their uh, habit or addiction. But with this product, we're already pre-planning the use of revenue. And it makes me wonder, are we actually as a state and as a body going to be encouraging the use of cannabis for revenue? Well, um, I can tell you that in the preparation of putting this legislation together, I would not advise anyone to smoke cannabis. That is not the intent here. But another fact that you, I'm sure you know, because 
it's recently been in the Wall Street Journal as well as the New York Times, is that this is like a multiple billion dollar industry in the state of New York already at this moment. And so what this legislation does is allow the taxation of THC for the purposes of real clear purposes. Uh, there are literally multiple generations of people who had, whose children had to be raised alone or by their grandparents or in a foster care system because they were incarcerated for having a nickel bag. I find it ironic that people care so much about their children and don't care about the children who have suffered as a result of the prohibition of cannabis. This is not any reason to say anybody is more valuable than anybody else. This is a reason, this is an opportunity to give people a chance to remove the record that they have, to invest in the lives of their children and to invest in the lives of the communities that they live in. Well, by the way, we don't ever find another way to invest in their lives. This is the way we're gonna do that. Okay, even though you, you don't encourage anybody to use it and you would advise against it. They're already using it, sir. That doesn't make it right. To the tune of $3 billion a year. All right. Yes. Yes, it does make it right. These morons need to understand what the endocannabinoid system is. And so, like, they're like, I'm not recommend. And these are the people that support it. And they're still like, I don't use it. And so this this whole thing. And, and have you ever, like, do you think Vegas uses gambling to advertise Vegas? No shit they do. Just like California uses Mar no, that's not Martha's Vineyards. I could just say the Vineyards. Wine country. Napa, all those areas, they use that stuff. They use sin to advertise their tourism. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised that in another decade, there's advertisements for Humboldt County. Uh, our weed's great, but it's going to take a lot of education about the endocannabinoid system and, and how the cannabis plant actually works to provide homeostasis so that people can uh, age better, treat pain more safely, uh, and then also the, the types of inflammatory autoimmune disorders that can come up. But, you know, I'm not making any specific claims about any specific diseases. I'm just saying that usually cannabis does help. Yeah. I mean, like, I've met some uh, cannabinoid deficient people out there, and the, the, the cannabinoid deficient people are usually the ones that are the worst. Like they are the ones that really believe they're, they're like Donald Trump. Donald Trump's endocannabinoid deficient or like cannabinoid deficient. There's no way in hell he is ever going to admit something is wrong. I mean, he's just he's just got such a warped perspective on life. Um, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling again. Let's go ahead and see how their ramblings are going. There aren't any. OK, let's check in on Thank the, uh, the so Senate. Much, uh, Mr. Speaker, we'll be sponsoring you. A lot of people that need to yield. Oh, poor Ms. Kruger. Somebody's at the door. All right, let's go to Ms. Kruger while I find out who's at my house. This time it might be Jeff. I think that if the federal government assigns some kind of warrant and goes to our courts and says, you need to assist us, that we probably have to do that. But we don't want a situation where people are voluntarily um, heading down that road and going after people because the federal government is asking. That should go through a correct process here in the, in the courts. Yield for another question, please. Does the sponsor yield? I do. Sponsor yields. 
Thank you, Senator. So in that regard, I guess the specific question is, however, if they choose to act contrary to this language, what happens to the police officer? Is there some sort of a penalty? Is it misconduct? Is there a fine or something else? Fines in the law. So I don't think that we would be doing anything to the police officer. Although it's an interesting issue only because it's somewhat parallel to concerns that various communities have had around ICE enforcement over the last few years, where we've established local law about not cooperating with ICE in going after people that they may believe don't have legal status. Um, but we do not, in most cases in New York, um, want our police to be cooperative in those situations. So I think it's a fairly parallel situation. And every once in a while, you hear a story coming out and something gets resolved or not. But I don't think it's been a huge issue. And I don't think it's been a real issue in any of the other 15 states that have legal marijuana, even though they're under the same federal law as we are. The sponsor yields another question, please. Does the sponsor yield? I do. Sponsor yields. Thank you, Senator Kruger. Now, moving on, um, regarding the public health law schedule, um, the marijuana was part of the public health law schedule, um, 3306, I think it is that was ultimately they're still debating furiously oh i'm not on screen and my my magic mouse is not happy that my hands are wet okay and so they are still debating fairly fairly uh, stringently why don't we go ahead and look at the uh dispensary aspect of the cannabis laws that they're arguing over right now um it's not going to be under protections or unlawful I'm not sure exactly which section it would be it'll probably be around page 40 something or other uh Maybe it's retail dispensary license is what they call it in New York. The reason why I'm kind of trepidatious on that is they don't always call it a retail dispensary license wherever you are. Uh, they call it a provisioning center license in medical cannabis. Well, it's medical marijuana in, in, uh, in Michigan. So let's see. That's the 131 section opt out of the retail dispensary license. Let's go up a little bit further. We'll probably find it there. Uh, it does appear only 14 times. Adult use retail dispensary license. Turn your attention to page 43, section 72 of the MRTA, and you have the adult use distributor. Oh, it's the adult use dispensary, retail dispensary license. Right there. A retail dispensary license shall authorize the acquisition, possession, sale, and delivery of cannabis from the licensed premises of the retail dispensary by such licensee to cannabis consumers. Holy crap. That means that it also comes with a delivery license. That is awesome. That's one of those things like, you know, when you find out that your your retail uh, cannabis license comes with delivery, you're just like, okay, well, back to that. And then, um, uh, and then there's the no person may have a direct or indirect financial or controlling interest in more than three adult use retail dispensary licenses. Take that, True Leaf. Do you have any idea how many uh, dispensaries True Leaf owns in, um, in Florida? Do you? If you know how many dispensaries True Leaf owns in Florida, please drop it in the comments. I'd like for you to drop it in the comments if you know how many retail dispensaries True Leaf has in Florida. You're only allowed three under the MRTA. Uh, number three, no person holding the micro business. The retail dispensary license may also hold a cultivation, processor, micro business, comparative, distributor license pursuant to this article. 
except for such organizations issued license pursuant to section 68 and 68B of this article. That might be the micro businesses that are allowed to sell their own product. Four, no retail license shall be granted for any premises unless the applicant shall be the owner thereof or shall be able to demonstrate possession of the premises within 30 days of final approval of the license through a lease management agreement or other thing. Okay, so this means that you're going to need real estate. This is going to push the prices of the license higher in the state of New York. I just want you to understand that whenever you need real estate, your your, your costs for acquiring the license goes up. You should probably budget at least $1.5 million for your retail dispensary licenses in the state of New York, probably a little bit more. And if you don't believe that, maybe Maybe if I say it as a cat, it'll have more gravitas. You should be budgeting at least 1.5, maybe $2 million for your retail dispensary licenses in the state of New York. Okay. Well, that, that Under the auspices of premises four right here, because uh, uh, re, uh, real estate is required, or you actually have to have that lease within 30 days, and then you're going to get gouged. Um, probably. I'm assuming. With the exception of delivery or micro-business license, no premises shall be licensed to sell cannabis products unless said premises shall be located in a store, the principal interest to which shall be from the street level and located on a public thoroughfare in premises where may be occupied, operated, and conducted for business, trade, or industry. Okay. Okay. So we actually kind of had a zoning setback right here, which is pretty darn interesting. More of a zoning setback where, you know, you're going to have these particular aspects of your dispensary's premises are going to have that. So now, you know, that, that real estate is, is, is becoming even more important. Uh, next is another zoning uh, setback. No cannabis retail license shall locate a storefront within 500 feet of a school as such defined as defirmed in the education law or within 200 feet of a house of worship because Jesus and kids do not care for the cannabis plant. Well, and keep it away from the children, keep it away from houses of worship. They're usually, the houses of worship are usually kind of prejudiced against the plant. And, and it's, you need cannabis as you get older to, you know, maintain homeostasis and to help treat pain and, and, and other stuff that goes wrong as your body starts to fail, as you become an old fart. Uh, kids don't need it. Okay, so now that we've kind of discussed the, uh, the the aspects of the retail license, if you have any questions about the retail license, let me know. Miggy, if you want to jump back in on here, I have been talking a damn blue streak. And you know what? We almost, we're going to go around the horn again. I hate when the, they are debating this shit and it just keeps going on forever. And I'm like, man, because you want to get the vote and be like, there it is. All right, I'm going on break. Uh, well, you know, we're going back to work. Uh, but then you also don't like necessarily being on. So there you go. Um, hmm. You know what they didn't mention in here? I didn't see anything about um, limits. I didn't see any license caps. I didn't see anything that said that this is going to be a competitively scored process. Let's look for that. Let's look for competitive scoring because this can really draw uh, how expensive your, your uh, operations are going to be if it's a competitive state or not. Competitive. Oh, that's about civil service. Unlawful monopolies are anti-competitive behavior. I like how they're protecting America in New York. We didn't do that in Illinois. Or other assistants and investigators that shall be in the civil service. No, that has nothing to do with it. Competitive market where no license is dominant. That doesn't... I'm, I'm looking for a competitive licensing process, and I'm not seeing that. Uh, I saw it in New York. I don't see it in... in I'm sorry. I'm going to confuse New York and New Jersey. I don't mean to. You guys both start with new. Uh, and New Jersey is a competitive state. 
but New York doesn't have the word competitive in the MRTA. So the, the licensing procedure in New York may be cheaper and more egalitarian than the licensing procedure in New Jersey. We're going to have to wait and see how these regulations are. I guarantee it'll still be highly regulated. I don't think it's going to be Oklahoma. You know, it's still going to be regulated. As you can see from the vociferous objections from the Republicans, let's check back in on the Senate. And that is on page 86 regarding searching vehicles. Um, there are some limitations now regarding this that um, a police officer may not use as the sole grounds to search a vehicle with the fact that they smell burnt cannabis. Is that accurate? Is that your understanding? Facts. Facts. And because of that, because it's 420 and the somewhere in which that I am actually located. Be right back. Facts. You're not going to be able to have search and seizure in New York for the smell of weed? Smell of cannabis is not a basis for searching the vehicle because cannabis is no longer contraband. It can be evidence of, along with other things, of the belief that cannabis has recently been used by the people in the vehicle. And then you, Mr. President, the sponsor yields for another question. Is the sponsor yield? Yes. Sponsor yields. And, and Senator, in that regard, and there's, as we go further down on page 86, line 50, that um, essentially they cannot use that as their sole basis, but if it's to investigate, what I understand, a possible driving liability impaired by drugs, then they can use that to further investigate. However, we turn to the next page, paragraph 87. During such investigations, the odor of burnt cannabis shall not provide probable cause to search any area of a vehicle that is not readily accessible to the driver and reasonably likely to contain evidence relevant to the driver's condition. Can you tell me why you limited the search or the scope of the search area? Intended to make it clear that if there's the odor of bird cannabis coming out of the trunk, that is not evidence that the person driving the vehicle was involved with recently using cannabis. So Hot boxing your car is still a bad idea. And since having cannabis or the remains of cannabis in one's trunk is no longer illegal. It shouldn't really be relevant. Will the sponsor yield for another question, please? Does the sponsor yield? I shall. Sponsor yields. Thank you, Senator. And now equating this though to alcohol, if there was a DWI stop and you saw maybe a bottle of vodka in the back seat or in the trunk you smelled what smelled like alcohol, that might possibly be indicative and, and further consistent with your investigation that might also aid law enforcement in reaching the a proper conclusion as to whether or not someone has been driving while ability impaired. So can you rectify that for me, please? It's advised that having a bottle of vodka in your trunk is an evidence of drinking and driving. So it's parallel to Cannabis in your trunk doesn't mean you were using cannabis for during the course of driving or in a recent time period. And having alcohol in your trunk 
doesn't mean that the person up front was drinking either. Thank you, Senator Kruger. On the bill, please, Mr. President. S Senator Palumbo on the bill. Thank you, Mr. President. And now, in, in fact, in that regard, um, in, in, in two of my cars, you can get to the trunk from the back seat. You just have to pull the, the, the seat down or even the little section in the middle of the seat if you want to store skis. Or Hang on a second. Hang on. Uh, so does anybody else kind of think, just, just for a second, it's like, hey, I, I don't mean to brag, uh, but I can get to my trunk from the cabin of my car. Are you trying to hide vodka, Senator Palumbo, or, or weed? It's like, now, now, what is this car that I can open up my trunk and be like, dude, stash the weed. Oh, yeah, open up the trunk. I don't know. But um, it gets back to what's the crux of the debate? Is this safe on the roads? And again, if you're just joining us, you know, thank you so much. Like, share, and subscribe, everybody. And 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 did you know, another special episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Sorry you missed when I was a cat. Uh, but we discussed how in Illinois in 2020 was our first year of, of cannabis use. Our DUIs were down substantially from 2019. There was like almost 8,000 DUIs in Illinois in 2019 and about 6,000 DUIs in 2020, a year later. Oh my God, DUIs went down by 2,000. Granted, we also had the coronavirus, but I am going to be just as misguided as these people. And I'm going to say that the reason why we had such a reduction in DUIs in the state of Illinois was because people had a safer alternative to reach for at the end of the night besides that last beer. They didn't have to do a shot. They could have gone and smoked some weed. And if have you ever like had too much to drink and you smoke weed and it makes you puke? Again, it's that homeostatic regulator of cannabis trying to bring you back into balance. It recognizes that you have, you know, poisons yourself with alcohol because alcohol is, you know, a poison that your body metabolizes at a specific rate over time. And then if you go over that rate, that's when you can become inebriated. Um, it, it just goes to show that they conflate the ability for, well, what does the substance do versus well, this is bad on the roads. We can all agree that. And so, like, how do we keep it from being worse on the roads? Let's turn to Senator Palumbo for that answer. In all of the situations, you can't. So you now have someone who can refuse to take your field sobriety test. And just for example, and this is just from my experience, many years as a prosecutor dealing with many of these involving serious physical injury death. And you can tell he's a prosecutor. The, indica the, the indicators of driving while ability impaired by drugs are very different. In fact, there is a, there's a battery of three tests that a police officer gives for DWI. Usually walk and turn, horizontal gaze nystagmus, and a one-legged stand. Those three together have a very fairly high degree of probability of, your, of the result. For drug recognition experts, DREs, it's about 10 different, very different types vertical nystagmus, all these different tests that they perform. In order to get it sounds like he's making the classic law enforcement will be confused argument. I'm sorry, we can't. Law enforcement will be confused. We have to keep it illegal and let them arrest them because otherwise those poor guys that are will be confused. Those, those law enforcement guys won't know what to do. So you have just a police officer who's making some assumptions. Maybe they have a, a verbal admission. Having drugs in the car would possibly aid in the prosecution. So my, my point is this. Senator Palumbo, you're out of time. If you could wrap it up in the next I certainly will. Fantastic. I was just wondering if he was going to go anywhere. I like that I muted him before he made his point. 
I, I know that's just it's not, not the nice thing to do. Let's check in on the house. Quick questions, please. Do you yield, Ms. People Stokes? Yes, of course, Mr. Speaker. Sponsor yields. Thank you, uh, Madam Majority Leader. First of all, I, I know how hard you've worked on this bill. Um, I know your passion. Um, and I just want you to know, although you and I disagree probably on many areas in this uh, bill, there are some areas we actually do agree. Uh, and I just wanted to let you know I have much respect for you. And I'll be very respectful in, in the questions that I ask. Um, I just have a couple areas that I'm a little concerned. In the bill, uh, the definition of a distressed farmer. And I guess who, who is considered a distressed farmer? Um, and what, what is the definition of the distressed farmer in this bill? Um, this is actually something I was curious about. Pull that out of the bill for you, or we can have uh, my colleague Donna Lepardo respond to your question, Chair of Agriculture Committee. Would you like to wait, or would you like to have Donna Lepardo explain to you that answer? I'll, I'll tell you what, because it, I would, I have a great relationship, with Chairwoman Lepardo. I'd be happy for her to. Uh, send me an email or, or, or let me know what that definition is. Okay. And it brings me to my other question, if that's fine with you, Madam Majority Leader. Um, yes, sir. It kind of brings me to my other question. Um, it was talked about earlier by another uh, of one of our colleagues um, about the hemp. And I want you to know, as someone that has actually been a farmer, um, the hemp has not been uh, quite as good as everybody had expected. And uh, when we talk about distressed farmers, they're, distressed farmers are usually farmers that have a hard time uh, being able uh, to get investment uh, for projects like this. Marijuana or cannabis, uh, whatever you want to call it, is a complicated crop to grow. Um, and even more, uh, even more complicated when having to comply with certain regulations. So I'm very concerned um, whether someone who is considered a distressed farmer or somebody that is a new farmer that doesn't have any experience uh, with the land or with this type of crop would have an awful tough time uh, getting, getting themselves involved in this. Okay, well, sir, I did happen to find the definition. Would you like me to share sure. it with you now? Absolutely, ma'am. Okay, D distressed farmer shall mean a New York State resident or 56 business enterprise, including a sole proprietorship, partnership, or limited liability company or corporation that meets the small farm classification developed by the Economic Research Service of the United States Department of Agriculture, has filed a Schedule F with farm receipts for the last three years, qualifies for an agriculture assessment and meets with other qualified qualified defin, defi, definitions and regulation by the board to demonstrate that they operate a farm operation as defined in the section 301 of the agriculture and markets law, has been disproportionately impacted including but not limited to incurring operational losses, 
by low commodity prices, faces the loss of farmland through development or suburban sprawl, and meets any other qualifications as defined in the regulations by the board. New York State resident or business enterprise, including a sole proprietorship, partnership, limited liability company or corporation that is a small farm operator and a member of a group that has been historically underrepresented in a farm ownership and meets any other qualifications as defined in by the regulation board. Well, um, thank you for that. And that includes a lot of you that. Yes, that could that pretty much. Include I think I'm included in that. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to have to make sure that I'm a, I'm not a New York farmer, but uh, <clears throat> I think my uncle is. So I'm going to talk to him about uh, applying as a distressed New York farmer. There's probably a lot of hemp farmers in New York right now going like, that's me. I'm distressed. Have you ever tried to get rid of this hemp? I got pounds of it from 2019. What do you mean, Delta? Uh, and so that's kind of interesting. I think that uh, out of all the Republicans that have uh, interrogated the uh, sponsors of these bills, uh, Honorator Chris Tagge, or Tag, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, uh, did a, a very good job of at least providing some uh, uh, elucidation as to how many uh, or like what is the definitions of, of this distressed farmer that could also get the, uh, the, the benefits. And Lauren's reporting that in New York, there's almost 58,000 farmers, according to the 2017 U.S. Department of Agriculture census counted, only 139 black farmers in the entire state. Wow. That isn't even a fraction of a percent. Uh, while 13.4% of the county's uh, the population or the country's population is black, black farmers make only uh, up 1.34% of all farm products. Interesting. Interesting. So um, checking back in with the controversial calendar, uh, you know, it's, it's marijuana legalization news when you've gotten on the controversial calendar. Let's see what the Senate has to say. That conviction on their record. Still defending. Still. They would not be eligible. Mr. President, would the sponsor continue to yield? The sponsor yields. Yes. The sponsor yields. So uh, just I want to make sure we're clear. Are you aware that there's a very, very high standard uh, for, for alcohol uh, and there is a tremendous amount of liability when it comes to being a licensed establishment? So I know that the bill prohibits people from smoking or vaping marijuana in a licensed establishment, for example, a, a liquor licensed establishment, like a bar or restaurant. Um, but does that also prohibit them from consuming like an edible, which typically is much more potent uh, than smoking it? So would someone be able to consume an edible legally in a licensed establishment where they're prohibited from smoking it? Dead air. Uh, no, Since it will be legal, you may be walking around with it. And if you go into a, a restaurant and you take your gummy, I don't know that anybody will know whether you're taking your gummy or not. And we don't want to make that particularly illegal. Even though I do recommend people not mix alcohol and marijuana. And that is quite a bit of the effort in the bill to make sure that we're not mixing these products. Mr. President, will sponsor continue to yield? Will sponsor yield? I would also like to point out how we have this stuff that, that's going on. Uh, 
Now they they've changed the placard, the cryon, I believe, the lower third, whatever it's called there. So now they have the senator's name. They also tell you where he's from. Uh, later on, they they will have this updated, and it'll say the controversial calendar, and that's what we're on. We're on the controversial calendar for marijuana legalization, and marijuana is spelled like they spell it in the um, Controlled Substances Act, and also like in uh, New York, not New York, Michigan, where it's spelled with an H. And so I just uh, when they when they switch the placard up, we'll have to take note of that. And I'm, I'm not sure how much of substance uh, Senator Borello is going to bring up, but when, it, when that placard changes, I'll, um, I'll switch it. But yeah, Senator Kruger is just, and she's got to defend her bill. And then there's another person that's defending a bill in the other room. And we've been switching between the two. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Cannabis Legalization News going for its longest broadcast ever. And I'm just waiting for Miggy to get back from getting his COVID shot to report live from just getting a COVID shot. Uh, and so still, please do stick around for that and give us some thumbs up and then uh, share this somewhere because eventually you can tune back in and flip to the end and be like, woohoo, there it is. They legalized it. But first, uh, Senator George Borello, well, there it is. It's come back up. You see that? We're on the controversial calendar. And there she is. She's, she's, she's defending it. She's defending it for you guys. That's uh, Senator Kruger defending your rights uh, on the controversial calendar enacts the Marijuana Regulation and Tax Action uh, Taxation Act, a.k.a. the MRTA, the M-R-T-A. Uh, and she is speaking in favor of it. Some kind of prescription drug. And I decided to pop too many. And I know that the bottle said don't don't drink and mix it with this pill. But I did. And then. I leave your establishment and I get into a car and drive. What's the storyline now? I think it would be exactly the same storyline. Mr. President, will the sponsor continue to yield? Is the sponsor yield? Certainly. Sponsor yields. Well, I would disagree with that only because you're talking about someone doing something that's essentially illegal. If they if they consume too much or if they're taking uh, prescription drugs that weren't prescribed to them, that in itself is illegal. So, and I guess I'm not really making a question so much as I have a point, but but we're it's a point, not a question. Essentially, encouraging folks that they can buy gummies. For example, I'm just using that any edible, anything that's that's really nearly impossible to detect. Walk into a liquor license establishment where that owner, that small business owner, whose life and and the lives of his families depend on that liquor license being in place, is now going to be assuming an unreasonable risk by having to determine whether or not that person is consuming far too much intoxicating uh, uh, material on that person's premises. So we've created this um, unnecessary uh, risk. Uh, he's literally, literally defending the liquor industry, literally defending him. It's like, how will this liquor retailer whose job depends and his family depends on selling this product <laughs> deal with somebody who comes into my establishment and, and eats a gummy in secret while buying beer. Now it's my risk. Think about those people selling liquor. That's literally what he just said. Okay, let's let's go to Senator Kruger, who's trying to educate him uh, from the foolishness. Legal, specifically under this bill, is we're going to be investing a significant amount of money in education about the dangers of drugs, including the dangers of mixing drugs, so that I actually think we will have a better educated population, perhaps who will choose not to mix alcohol and marijuana 
mix alcohol and other drugs and even not take those other drugs, period, because we're both going to be educating them to the dangers of doing so. And the research coming out of states that have legalized marijuana is it decreases the use of far more dangerous opioids. It reduces the number of people who are having um, overdoses from opioids, whether legal or illegal. And so there are actually quite a few pluses that come out of having a legalized marijuana system and decreasing use of other drugs. But you're right. In a world where there are lots of different products and it's easy to get them, and the mixing of some of them is a really bad idea, just like using alcohol or marijuana or heroin and getting behind the car, um, behind the wheel of a car is dangerous. Those realities are there, but I don't think we're increasing those realities. We're just talking about something that's already happening out there in our state. Thank you, uh, Mr. President, on the bill. Senator Borrello on the bill. Yes. Uh, Senator Kruger, thank you again uh, for the debate. Appreciate it. You know, I have been opposed to this for many reasons. I've been talking about the dangers of this irresponsible legalization of recreational marijuana since my time as a county executive, because I see firsthand county governments, especially are on the front lines. But as a business owner, I pointed out just in a few questions, the dangers, the state is now going to be sanctioned. The state is now going to sanction some horrible. As a business owner, I can tell you this man has no fucking clue what he's talking about. Here in New York State, particularly those in the hospitality industry, they have to already deal with these issues. And now it is going to be state sanctioned. Our job here is to ignore the noise, ignore the political, uh, political leanings of one way or another, ignore what is often special interests speaking loudly that don't necessarily speak on behalf of everyone and try to craft good legislation that's in the best interest of New Yorkers as a whole. So I understand that there are many New Yorkers who think that we should we need to do this, but I don't believe this is the way to do it. I mean, let's look at the comparison. This guy, this is the kind of guy that would uh, have, have a cat filter on and not know how to get it off. But uh, that's the prejudice that you're facing in New York. And I'm glad that they have such an open bill uh, and such a robust bill that appears to be able to make a lot of jobs for New Yorkers and to uh, decentralize the, the, the larger MSO players. Of course, I realize Curleaf's in there and you're still going to have Budweiser's there, but you're going to have a lot of opportunities for a lot of individual business owners. And it's just so ironic that this man fails to appreciate that. It just goes to show that he is probably cannabinoid deficient and um, his donors don't want this to be a thing. And that you got to watch out for that. I don't know if this guy's going to be in the party that, you know, is, is there going to be a Republican in the governor uh, of New York? Is Cuomo going to get voted out? That could really uh, impact the implementation of the New York bill. And the wheel and you get pulled over. You're going to be arrested. Your car is going to be impounded. You're going to go to the police station. You're going to have to make an embarrassing phone call for someone to help bail you out. That's going to cost you thousands of dollars. You're going to lose your license for sometimes years. That's how we got to where we are. 
Contrast that with what we're about to do. This bill says that if you get pulled over and you're stoned while driving, but you haven't caused an accident yet, the police essentially can't do anything. We are saying, the state is saying, you have to cause injury or death before we can do something about you driving stone. That's what the state is about to pass if this bill passes today. How many times do we say in this chamber, if this law only saves just one life, we should do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this bill, as it stands, is going to cost hundreds, if not thousands, of the lives of New Yorkers. So we can sit here and justify it, we can talk about data, but the reality is we know what's going to happen. We know that we set the bar much lower. We know that we're telling people that it's gonna be okay to drive stone, that's okay. And we're gonna go back to the days 30, 40 years ago where people died needlessly as a result of bad enforcement. We are handcuffing our police officers. We're going to make the jobs of our local public health officials more difficult. Again, he just said we're handcuffing our police officers. We're going to make the jobs of our officials. It's just this stuff's bad. This stuff's terrible. This stuff is going to cause all sorts of problems. And he has no idea what he's talking about. But he keeps talking, and I'm. I hope that a lot of the other people in the chamber are sick of listening to him too, because this has been the party line for the past eighty years, and we're seeing how well that works. I can tell you right now, Illinois' system is me messed up, but it's better than it was in 2019. Let's check on to the, the the House and see how they're doing with the debate over the uh, cannabis bill. How do you test someone's impairment, and then what do we do about more testing of impairments? Think about the impacts on the on the employer for that. All of them. It's just think about the impacts on the employer. The leading cause of death in the U.S. Nearly half are motor vehicle accidents. I'm going to stop this guy right here. There's been workers' comp studies. This was out of the NPR article. And if you tuned in to Cannabis Legalization News on the regular, and you should, uh, you would have known that. We would have covered that a couple of weeks back. Uh, workers' comp claims actually go down when uh, workers have a, a safer alternative to then the opioids and then also the alcohol. So they are more... Uh, they're able to treat their pain in a more effective way by the access to safe cannabis. Uh, workers' comp claims go down. Uh, there's more and more documentation about this. That's the thing about legal cannabis. It's really only been there for 10 years medicinally, and then you know, California excluded, and only like five or six years recreationally. Yeah, so like where you can actually buy it as if it's a lawful thing. Uh, and, and the data then just can't accumulate fast enough. But every year that goes by, more data accumulates, and you're like, nope. What you're saying is just flat out lies. On our farm. I couldn't imagine having people impaired coming to work, especially young kids operating expensive equipment, very expensive, very dangerous equipment in a very dangerous environment. Also with New York State, remaining the only state without comparative negligence for workplace injuries, how in God's name does a business go forward with people that are potentially impaired coming to work every day when the business has no ability to stop them in doing so either before or after. Occupational medicine experts have concluded it's reasonable and responsible for employers to ban the use of marijuana at any time by employees, contractors, and other workers. I just wanna say in closing, 
that I think the risks are far greater than any potential benefits. And that I hope we can all take a step back as colleagues under one roof sure. and ask the question, are we really sure we want to do this? As a parent, again, my answer is emphatically no. There's absolutely no way that, uh, that I would endanger my children, your children, our friends' children, by making this drug more accessible. Mr. Speaker, Ms. Peoples-Stokes, thank you very much. And so, like, what's going to be happening? Like, again, uh, the bill sponsors are defending their bills, and, and they'll do that uh, for hours. And then after the debate has closed, they will vote on it. This is the floor action, and we can go right back to the, the, the great senator in New York, Senator Liz Kruger, defending your rights. Unless there's a specific restri restriction, not allowing it in state or federal law. <clears throat> Thank you for the answer, Senator Kruger. Thank you. Through you, Mr. President, will the sponsor yield for another question? Does the sponsor yield? Yes, of course. Sponsor yields. Through you, Mr. President, is an employee who was fired due to a positive marijuana test eligible for unemployment insurance? It's a great question. And she thinks about it. Um, I'm hoping that they are defending that. Now, if they were fired for unemployment insurance, all right, so they're fired. Were they fired because of weed? If they were in any of the categories of jobs that all these different laws applied to, then when they got fired, it would be due to their own um, use of drugs when they knew that they were facing a risk of being tested and penalized. So I would say if you're in any of the categories where your employer does choose to test and has told you they do so, you're probably not going to win your unemployment case. Thank you. To you, Mr. President, will the sponsor yield for another question? Of course. Sponsor yield. Sponsor yield. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Senator Kruger. Through you, Mr. President. Senator Kruger, can you, can you, an employer put a policy in place to prohibit marijuana use entirely by staff, especially in certain industries where impairment could cause serious safety con concerns? For instance, could law enforcement or other group implement a policy that prohibits use entirely? And then where does it get back down to? Again, it gets back down to how do we stop this plant from being used? How do we stop people from using this plant? How do we arrest people for using this plant? How do we do everything we can to make sure that this plant doesn't get in the hands of people? And then like, I don't like how like, Senator Kruger, she is just totally defending this. This is awesome. But then like a lot of the other uh, you know, sponsors and the, sp the people that have spoken in favor of the bill, I'll be like, oh, I don't support weed. You're like, well, come on, man. Uh, it's too bad that they don't have a more robust uh, medical program in the state of New York so that we could have uh, you know, better participation from people that actually have firsthand knowledge of the cannabis plant from usage of it for many years. Uh, and also bring that perspective of realism to the table. But realism doesn't really enter into the table of um, legislation all too often. However, we're getting a great injection of it in, in the state of New York. And I just wanted to thank the 371 of you that are sticking around. Uh, we hope that they're going to vote on it here soon. 
Now they've been accosting and, 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 and uh, you know, the defending, interrogating, you know, questioning the sponsors of the bill for about two hours now. Yep. We've been on for two hours. I'm hoping that Miggy gets to come on uh, a deposition in the state of Illinois is only allowed to last for three hours. So hopefully they're going to wrap up their questions here shortly and then they will actually vote on it. And then we'll be able to be like, yes, I am going to go have some tea and honey and then rest my voice. I have no idea how these people actually do this on the, uh, the TV. It's just, just ridiculous. Wait, any potential benefits? Legalization will impact workplace safety, affect New Yorkers' health, impede our fight against drug abuse, and endanger our children. As a labor leader, the issue of workplace safety has always been paramount to me. Our state should be doing all it could do to protect our workers, and this legislation has a likelihood to do the opposite. That will put our rep that will put our residents in danger. And as a building trades men a building trades member, this legislation will be a liability to our contractors and to our men and women, hardworking men and women of labor. Additionally, one of the most glaring shortcomings of this legislation is how it fails to address the impact of roadway safety. This legislation will make the jobs of our law enforcement more difficult. While the legislation enables a study of techniques to detect marijuana use. What the heck is that? We're trying to make law enforcement's job more difficult. You know, it's like, oh, wait a second. So we're supposed to make it easy to rob people of their lives for a harmless plant that gives them relief. We're supposed to make that the policy. That's supposed to be the default policy, according to Senator Mario Matera probably butchering that name. I don't really mind, you know, mostly because I disagree with them politically. This isn't the wrong message. This is precisely the right message we need to send. And it's not about making law enforcement. It's law enforcement's job is going to be a little bit more easy now because they don't have to go after marijuana. You know, it's, it's off their plate. They can get onto real crime. They don't have the low hanging fruit. Oh my gosh, the low hanging fruit is gone. Yeah. The low hanging fruit was getting too much attention. That's really not the problem. The problems, this other stuff, you know, the crime. Yeah, that's the problem. Sorry that you have to go fight, you know, the crime. And so let's see if he's going to be wrapping it up. I have no idea how many more of these people are going to be speaking, but you see the pattern. Children, more safe, hard for law enforcement. Oh, my gosh, I'm a business owner, and this is going to be just, just terrible because I'm not going to be able to hire anybody. Everything's going to be stoned. I'm pretty sure that I'm paraphrasing, but this is probably what he's saying. Oh, I hit pause. My family members have gone through drug addiction. Very sad what I've been going through. And it started from marijuana. It went from marijuana right to Adderall to cocaine and then to acid. All this is doing, especially in our, in our uh, colleges, this is serious. This is a gateway for our, our young children problems. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Even with my members in the construction field going to work every day, every day working, going smoking pot and then going back to work with power tools. It's a huge liability. Our contractors are against this. The building trades are against this. Construction is the backbone of the economy. And guess what's going to happen? 
we're pretty much saying, go ahead, you could go smoke pot. Much if we lost the feed on that, which is kind of terrible because uh, I mean, only there's 1.2. I might have to refresh that browser. But talk about Reefer Madness just for a second. Did you see that display of Reefer Madness? And not only that, we had the slippery slope where it started with weed and then it was on to Adderall. Who gave him the Adderall? And then by the end of the time, he was on to, to acid. And then what is the problem? The problem wasn't the drugs problem wasn't the the person and so like there's no personal responsibility did i hit refresh on this yet to see if it's actually back okay let's see where they're at on that but it's just it's just straight up reefer madness let's switch on over and see if we have reefer madness in the house in a parking lot putting oliver into the car and somebody next to me was walking and and smoking well, if you live in the city where I live in, you wouldn't be able to do that because the city also has rules and regulations about where you can smoke. And so I think that local governments can make those calls. Right now, you cannot, you know, and it's, you can't even smoke at a bus stop in Erie County. And so I, I think it's local governments will make those calls as to where people can smoke. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, Mr. Speaker, on the bill? On the bill, ma'am. Um, you know, I, I find myself in a weird position here. As many people know, before I was elected to the assembly, I was um, a fierce advocate for the medical marijuana program. Um, and I fought long and hard with Oliver. We, we were up in Albany meeting with many of uh, the assembly and Senate members to try and get that bill passed. Um, and when I got up here, I found that within my conference, I had a lot of work to do to try and convince a lot of my colleagues the as to the benefits of this medical marijuana program and what it could do for, uh, you know, many individuals who were suffering. Um, and while I believe that expanding the conditions on this bill is a great thing, um, I really have so many concerns that the the medical marijuana program still being fairly pretty. What do you think that we can discuss the uh, cultivator section of the MRTA uh, and come back and they will still be rehashing the exact same arguments that they've been rehashing for the past 80 years. Meanwhile, we could be talking about something more encouraging. Uh, and then, you know, there's the competitive market. We didn't see that. Let's see if it's called cultivation license. Microbusiness has that cultivation. The nursery license is one of the ones that I'd like to have. I think that's an interesting thing. Is that where you'd be able to do the propagation and the creation of the seeds? Uh, so let's keep looking for the cultivation, uh, home cultivation of medical cannabis. It only appears... Oh, there it is. Home cultivation of medical cannabis. Let's go over that because that really applies to a lot of people. Certified patients, 21 years of age and older, may cultivate cannabis for personal use. Designated care of caregivers, 21 years of age and older, caring for those certified patients, either younger than 21 of age or whose physical or cognitive impairments may prevent them from cultivating cannabis, may cultivate cannabis for use by such patients. Comma, provided that no other caregiver is growing for said patients or parties. No sharing caregivers, guys. All cultivation care uh, caregiver is growing for no no all cultivation under this section shall be in accordance with section blah blah blue of the penal law and any regulations by the board provided that the maximum number of cannabis plants designated by caregivers authorized to grow is proportionally increased for each patient they are growing for. 
okay, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it didn't necessarily say all the stuff that we had on the other ones. And so maybe that's part of the more, um, uh, those sections where they had the the, 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 the compromises, but I, I was expecting them to say like, you know, the amount of, the amount of plants, uh, and then also that you had to have some type of regulation within six months. I didn't see that, but, uh, that's home cultivation of medical cannabis, uh, which is really, really great. Uh, provisions governing the cultivation and processing of adult use cannabis. It'll be 83. It looks like that's a section of the law for the adult use cannabis for that type of license. Adult use retail license, micro business license, adult use processor license, cooperative license. That's an interesting one. Uh, we don't have those types of, oh, it's cultivator license. Adult use cultivator license as opposed to cultivation license. It's section 68 of the law. So I'll just uh, pop in the cultivator. I bet that appears even fewer than that. Uh, actually, it doesn't. It appears more times. Okay. So we'll just try to zoom down to, I believe it was 68. And like, as you can see, there's going to be a lot of regulations because the statute is not very big at all. So this is not like Illinois or even New Jersey that have a substantially larger statute. This is a much smaller statute, which means that the regulatory authority is going to have a lot more power to shape what this actual industry looks like. And that is terrible. Why? Because you just heard those Republicans talking about children and thinking about them and alcohol and, and conflating and the, the danger and just abject non-understanding of the safety of the cannabis plant. Non-understanding of that. And then wanting to continue to arrest people as if that's the better policy. So they don't understand it. Uh, and, and if it's not in the statute and it goes to the regulations, the regulator, Cuomo, because it's his administration, and the Democrats don't win, and those guys get in charge of, is it Albany? I believe it's Albany. Uh, you know, anybody watching at home, please drop in the, uh, uh, the capital of New York. I believe it's Albany. Uh, and so if that changes, those regulations can change quick. And um, uh, they could just, the processing times for the applications could be like, oh, uh, it, we aren't going to get your application done for a bit. And then they could just not license for months and get to sue us. And then they get sued. And where's the where's the provisions within the statute that they're trying to actually like pull them out of? Um, it's it's going to take a little bit longer. And then it's just a little bit more susceptible to uh, a, a new administration coming in and, and trying to frustrate to the greatest extent they can through their administration and their rulemaking abilities and authorities, uh, the, the cannabis industry. but. In a perfect world, we'll assume that Republicans are going to completely be on board with this and actually open it up more. The, the The Republicans of New York will soon see cannabis like Oklahoma sees cannabis, and it'll be a free-for-all. There'll be 10,000 new licenses in the Empire State. It'll create tens of thousands of jobs, one of which will be the cultivator license. So let's talk about that for a bit. So the cultivator license authorizes the acquisition, possession, distribution, cultivation, and sale of cannabis from the license premises of the adult-use cultivator by such licensee to duly license licensed processors in the state. Hmm, that's interesting. So you can see them starting to bifurcate it, all, uh, making it more like the alcohol three-tier system. So the, uh, the, the retailers are not going to be buying from the cultivators. The cultivators are going to be selling to the processors. And then I guess the, maybe they'll even consider shucking and bucking and trimming uh, to be processing. We'll see. Uh, and then uh, the processing will be done by the processors who will then probably sell to uh, maybe the distributors. It's gonna it's gonna depend on how much they break this up. 
So, uh, cultivated by such license only duly licensed processors in this state. The board may establish regulations allowing license yada yada to perform certain types of minimal processing. Okay, so they already answered the shucking and bucking. Uh, for purposes of this section, cultivation shall include but not be limited to agriculture production practices, growing, cloning, harvesting, drying, curing, grading, and trimming of cannabis. But no genetic pheno hunting for some reason. I don't know. All right. Uh, number three, a person holding an adult use cultivator's license can apply for and obtain um, a processor's license for one and one distributor's license solely for the distribution of their own products. So you can be vertically integrated with your own stuff. So then you don't really have to enter into those contracts with those other ones. You just apply for additional licenses. A person holding an adult use cultivator's license may not also hold retail license. And so there you go. It is a complete bifurcation. Uh, and then they even say no stock ownership. That's interesting. And then they'll probably have an exception for publicly traded ones because they usually do. Um, that would be very interesting and then difficult to enforce. It means a publicly traded stock. Um, hmm. Yep. Regulations, man. 68A, this is interesting, uh, registered organization, an adult use cultivator, processor, distributor, retail dispensary license. Interesting. Uh, registered organization, processor, and distributor, retail dispensary license shall have the same authority to conductions as adult use cultivator, adult use processor, adult use distributor, and adult use retail dispensary license issued pursuant, provided, however, there is a location the adult use dispensary shall be limited only to three of the organization's medicals. Oh, oh, they're trying to take care of the vertically integrated ones that are already operating, for example, Curaleaf. So I think that's what the registered organization, adult use cultivator, processor, re distributor, retail dispensary license. Talk about a gravy train. So if you guys want to see the gravy train for the New York cannabis bill, please turn to page 41. It is section 68A. For example, Curaleaf that is currently operating in there. There was also some other ones. Pharmacan had some. I didn't see all that many. Um, to be honest, there, there wasn't a lot of MSOs that I recognize that are publicly traded. Maybe they just haven't merged yet. Uh, maybe they're having difficulties uh, buying into the New York market. But that's it. That's it. There it is right there. Uh, okay, let's check back in because I'm going to try to give my voice a rest. I've gone through several things of water and she's thick. I've gone through several things of water. This poor woman has been defending her bill uh, as long as I've been on here. And you know she's been talking about it for longer than that today. So let's see what she has to say. Policies. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And that's exactly what it says. So, And that's exactly what our bill complies with. Okay, so you see that this bill in New York State would be able to work around this then? Is that what you No, I don't see it being able to work around it. It clearly says that if you have a job with the federal government that requires you to have a no cannabis policy, the okay. fact that we legalize responsible adult use in New York State doesn't allow you to violate your employer's rules. I 100% I agree. Um, what, what are your thoughts about secondhand smoke with, with marijuana? Um, I think that there are provisions for that in the legislation as well. There are a number of places where you are not allowed to smoke it. I think if you are the responsible adult who is over 21 years old, you will do so in a responsible manner and you will not offer anyone else an opportunity to smell your secondhand smoke. Okay. So some of the individuals that I was just talking about, whether you're a truck driver, school bus operator, um, ship captain. Um, what, what happens in this situation where they're out at a party, they're at a social event, or they're just walking down the street in New York and 
several in, individuals in front of them are actually smoking weed and the the secondhand smoke is actually coming back towards them um what happens to those individuals who show up to work on monday or tuesday and their name is pulled for a, a drug and alcohol test which happens um, especially for truck drivers they go to have the drug and alcohol test and it comes back positive the driver knows he has not smoked marijuana at all what happens in that situation uh, that's a good question, sir. You can smoke uh, marijuana and it could actually be in your system for almost 30 days. Or you can smell it. I guess it could be in your system that long as well. I would probably cross the street if it was me. But um, I this bill can't cover every scenario that people may fall into. Again, I want to repeat this. This is for a responsible people who are over the age of 21. Would you and I desire to see everyone who is responsible behave properly? Yes, we would, but we know that sometimes they won't. So can't hold that against this bill because it's okay? inappropriate every now and then. After all, this, yep. is, this is America. Right. This yeah, is America. I agree, but I think in this situation, the individual is not inappropriate. They just happen to be at the wrong spot at the wrong time. And that there's got to be a way to mediate this because we cannot have truck drivers and school bus drivers lose their job or be put on leave until it's out of their system. And and I did a little research on secondhand smoke, madam. Is this guy pro or against? Everybody is against. And so while you've been getting your COVID vaccine and welcoming back to the stage is Miggy 420, everybody. Miggy 420, uh, now mostly inoculated from COVID. Halfway so, there, buddy. Uh, halfway there. Mostly inoculated from COVID, Mickey 420. And so, so what happened? Yeah, they've just been doing, it's been the complete reefer madness show. And right now, there's certain types of professions where you're still going to be liable. Like, you know, if you're a school bus driver or a CDL driver and you test positive. And so then it just gets back to the whole conundrum of the stuff stays in your system because like your body's not kicking it out. It kind of recognizes it might need it later. So it kind of stores it. Uh, and then... That's why we we have those metabolites. Uh, right. You know, it, it, maybe they need to have impairment. But then again, it's it, is that is that reason enough to not legalize that somebody's going to have a hurdle? We have endocannabinoid system, not a meth system. Like like right. this is ridiculous arguments. These so well, that last guy, the, the speaker, what was he saying about like uh, bus drivers and whatnot? That uh, it, it, I mean. Because that's there are some rights that are given protections. That's the whole uh, importance of this uh, this bill. But then, but then there's some particular uh, professions that are saying, like you know, you still have to be able to test uh, clean for for drugs because you're a bus driver or because you're a, a CDL driver, uh, and that's just one of those issues where it's like, all right, well, the testing is still a thing, but um, you know. The data that we have so far is not bad. And so not only that, the current system that we have is what we're doing now. Is this risk that they might be unfairly punished because they get caught uh, and there's weed that's found in their system and they're unfairly fired? Uh, is that wrong? Yes. But is that less wrong than what we're currently doing? Right. Far hey. less wrong. Yeah. Prohibition's proven to be failed. 
Yeah. Proven. But you got to see it, man. Like these two ladies that have sponsored this bill, like while you've been gone, have just been like absolutely defending it. Just like complete studs uh, or I'm not, I'm, I, I, that might, that might need a different wording. I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> uh, there it is. It's honorable uh, crystal people Stokes uh, in the assembly. And the, she's just been, while you've been gone, while been, inside, I think we need to be very careful. The, the whole time that we've been on, she and uh, Senator Kruger have just been defending their bills. It's not mm. him. No, I, I'm, I'm just asking. Um, and, and I think from the revenue side, I think that in Albany, we, we tend to have revenue come in and it gets lost in this this black funnel down here that just sucks everything away. Um, you know, the state lottery was going to be the savior of all of our our school funding and i did the, the work on that a few weeks ago and it's just it's not there I mean, some of the money goes there but not a lot of so it. does he not like money what is well, he saying sign, it's really important. 20 billion dollars it's not about that's what he's saying and so like it's just we're gonna go over every objection to vote for this and we've been on now for almost two and a half hours and these ladies have been defending their bill uh resolutely you know, as one Republican uh, after another Republican, ninety-five uh, percent of them have been white males have stood up and defended, uh, or like, you know, uh, interrogated and cross-examined. You know, examined the witness more or less um, uh, to uh, to explain why they do not support the bill. And I don't know what the jurisdictional requirement is, or like, you know, is there any type of jurisdictional limitation uh, of the debate that they have before they can actually get a vote on this? You know, how, I mean, that's one of the problems with going live on these things. It's like, are we going to be here for a while? Yeah. I mean, what, what's the, uh, the thing that, uh, uh, for McConnell that we're trying to, uh, um, well, there's cloture and then there's filibuster, but then I'm not filibuster. sure. Yeah, then we are, like stay tuned to cannabis legalization news. Hit subscribe because we're going to be doing uh, with the Senate and how the Senate actually is right now. Is anything actually going to get passed? And the answer to that is no. And so because even though there's 51 votes in the Senate, you know, considering 50-50, um, uh, you know, and so you still and then that tie that would be broken with uh, Kamala Harris doesn't matter because you just need one Republican to say no. And then you have a, um, a 60 vote uh, block that you're not going to get. Uh, to get enforced closure to end debate so that you actually have a vote. So like right now, they're still having these debates and, they're ha and they yeah. haven't had a vote. So how long can this go? Refresh well, it. When you get a chance, it's a little behind. Okay, you got it. Wait, is this, I mean, the, the process, right? Because you're going to have these agendas, the committees, the meetings, uh, and this debate. I mean, is there a time limit for debates? Like how long this is supposed to go on? Or are they allowed to carry this on until they're out of breath? I'm not sure. That's crazy, man. I, but hopefully, I mean, it, these are all just, again, we need to pay attention on who's against legalization in that state. Yep, that state yep. is solid purple. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were explaining, and, and uh, there's, there's risk with um, the ability to, uh, uh, if it goes legal and then a Republican administration comes in, the statute is so thin on details that a lot of it's into this cannabis commission. So if the cannabis commission gets shaken up and it's like, don't assign any more licenses, uh, and that's coming from the administration, you know. Yeah. Well, and then what? So it's uh, three o'clock, six o'clock on the East Coast, uh, and they're still debating this per. Uh, do you know how many uh, senators or like what round they're at in this? 
Well, let's go to it. Thank and you, Mr. Speaker. Will the sponsor please yield for a few questions? See, they're Mr. yielding Stokes, for questions. Will you yield? Of course, Mr. Speaker. Thank you. So out of the $37.4 million in the executive budget for startup and setup of the alcohol and beverage Office of Alcohol and Beverage Control to manage the rollout of legalization of recreational cannabis, Am I correct in understanding that there have been zero dollars that have been set aside for the training of drug recognition experts? Why? Why? Why do you uh, need fucking what? Correct in that, I think um, it will not necessarily cost thirty-seven million to set up a new office of, in terms of staffing, and so I think that there is a real possibility that some of those dollars will be used to begin that training process as well as at least minimally begin the research for the RFP process to determine which SUNY institution or which research institution in the state of New York will be able to do the deep dive into determining what impairment looks like. You know what a lot of this, these people with these, uh, their, their points are, they, they remind me of these people who have been government uh, talking about like no insurrection happened like it was just a hippie gathering like it's just they're so, they're so full of shit though like the, 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 they're the, I'm just saying it was like a powwow what what yeah I mean they, well, I'm just saying that they have uh, uh, um, uh, assembly members Stokes and and Senator Kruger have just been uh, onslaughted and just under uh, repeated questions and having to answer for the past two hours. And now I have the uh, from some some Google and a, the indivisible guide to the New York State Legislature. Let's see how a bill becomes a law there. And I didn't see anything about there was a 2018 blue waves. The New York State Legislature, you know, as a bicameral or there. It's, it's introduced after bills introduced chamber. They have public hearings and then defeat the bill or hold the bill for consideration and effectively killing it. Uh, all bills, the fiscal note, which is required expenditure of state money must also pass the assembly's ways and means note on committees, note on vetoes, the budget session dates, nothing about how long they can. So we need, a, we need something better than that. That's, that's it. Like at a very high level. What about you know? There's some assembly rules. Well, the New York, the New York process is. I mean, imagine it's kind of be one of the older process set in the states, right? Like unnecessarily, Illinois Constitution is only from 1970, for example. Mm. So let's go to the debate. All right, and so no member rising to debate to give notice, make a motion, blah de, blah de, blah. Uh, his place header has been recognized by the speaker. While a member is speaking, no member shall entertain a private discourse or pass the member between the chair unless otherwise provided by the rules. No member shall speak except in his or replace more than twice on any bill or amendment. So there we go. Okay, they're getting crossed off. Okay. Which is right. So we would have to see how many have been crossed off already to see how many are left, and they can't exceed five minutes. Except as otherwise provided by these rules for congressional current resolutions. Speaking in transit, may call such member to order, which member such call should immediately sit down. Okay, so if they transgress, if they go beyond that. It's like you've gone over your time, sir or ma'am. 
uh, while yeah. the speaker is inputting a question or a roll call, while the, okay, all questions relating to the priority of a question, a question contains several distinct provisions. You see how they're just peppering her with all these questions. All yeah. questions of order as they shall occur with the decisions shall be entered into the journal. Okay, there's very few questions of, of journal of, of order that we've seen. Uh, motion to adjourn. I don't think they're trying to adjourn. I, I think they did want to have the the vote, and that that's how they they would do the debate then. Contest of election. Oh, there's voting. Let's go to voting. Every member of the bar or the house, the chair will be voted on. Okay. The yeas and nays taken individually. All right. So after debate closes, I think that they go to voting then. So at least that's for the rules of the assembly, which I am then kind of assuming the rules of the Congress. The assembly is the Congress at the state level outside of right. Um, and so let's let's check back in on the New York State Senate to see if they're still debating. It's a crime. Yes. And we can discern that, Mr. President, because of the difference between alcohol and marijuana. Alcohol is measurable. There's a specific rate in which it leaves the body. Marijuana cannot be measured in that way. What? Marijuana does not leave the body that way. What? Under this law, Mr. President, an officer, police officer making a stop, would actually have to name the drug. God forbid refuses to give the name which the driver is constitutionally protected to do so and if the driver refuses to be subjected to a test well then there goes the case what this doesn't that concern the sponsor that driving while impaired by marijuana Driving while highly intoxicated by marijuana will be virtually impossible to prosecute and enforce in the state of New York under this legislation. What kind of dumb shit you talking about? Oh my God. Like it, the same and then and then of course Kruger comes back and just finding people guilty of impaired driving with marijuana. We already have People Get him, girl. Unfortunately, use marijuana and drive and need to be caught and stopped. Would we like a perfect See how they're going to spell marijuana with an H? Have no. a blood alcohol test in the back of every police car and could rapidly give the test? Sure. I would love that. We've committed in this law to starting to use it as soon as it is created and we have academic research that it works. Interestingly, and I'm sure Senator Lanza knows this, we depend on the science of the blood alcohol tests when there was an expose a few years ago that most of them are flawed and we don't have a great system for alcohol either and we should yeah. try to get that fixed as well. But we do have one for alcohol. I think that's something that is just how it is. And so like when, when a law is a thing, people just assume it's valid. And so I think there's a little bit of that cognitive dissonance right there. It's like, yeah, well, we could do that with this. Well, because that's the way it is. And so therefore you don't have to question it. But yeah, this well, is how it's been going for the past two hours. I got some information though, that we can now kind of try to use uh, the, our powers of deduction as we talk about the New York State Senate. Check this out. 
Okay. There are 63 seats in the New York State Senate, and 20 of them are Republican. So assuming if each one of them wants their five minutes to explain how marijuana is the devil's lettuce, (laughs) that's a lot of minutes. Like 10 times that is 50, and then uh, two 50s, that's 100 minutes. We've been on live for two hours and 35 minutes. And so we have to be getting close to a vote, I would imagine, I hope. But of course, the, the Senate took it up after the House did. The House took it up first. Let's go to the New York State Legislature. The oh, there it is. New York State Assembly. Oh my gosh, there's 150, but don't worry, there's only 43 Republicans. So um, that's 203, 5, 15, 215 minutes. So 215 minutes. That's three and a half hours. Oh fuck, we're gonna we're gonna. Oh, this is why live TV needs commercials. And that's it. I'm done with my 15. <laughs> but it's like. I mean, this is just pure ridiculousness when it's first off, you know, you're not going to get the votes. Apparently, it looks like you're outnumbered by a lot, uh, a lot, a, lot, a yeah. lot. And so right away, it tells you that the people want this. Right. Unlike North Dakota, who's willing to turn over the people's will, uh, you know, this is ridiculous that these people are willing to. To, to pander to some bullshit audience out there about how the devil's lettuce is going to turn their babies into 5G uh, baby killing machines. I don't know. Don't it's, forget that Bill Gates did it. I'm telling you, brother. But uh, Oh, my hey, God. Man. Holy huh? crap. Before you like dip out, I wanted you to yeah. give uh, the lay of the land of uh, development in Seattle area. Uh, because one of the guys, and I shit you not, he was he was in construction. He said construction was the backbone of uh, the economy, and that it just scares the the dickens out of him that his uh, people that are working in construction could be smoking weed and then swinging hammers and then using sh- uh, saws and stuff. And then I said, "Wait a minute! Amazon has grown the crap out of Seattle over the past twenty years. When there has been medical cannabis, for example, for pain." or adult use cannabis since 2015. Uh, Has there been a shitload of construction in in, in Seattle area in the past 20 years as they've had legal cannabis? We've had a boom. Matter of fact, it's a running joke that our skyline is full of fucking cranes. Yes. We have the most cranes in our skyline. Right. And and, and to to top it off, dude, this bullshit about mass accidents. So Seattle did have one bad accident with a crane. And it had nothing to do with somebody being a weed smoker. It had to do with some idiot taking out a pin, trying to cut corners, right? It, it, cannabis is not to blame to our dumb shit. It's the dumb shit that we think of in our heads that we already assume we, you know, without taking precautions, without, uh, you know, cutting corners, being in a rush, being human is how is the, the, the fucked up shit. Not, not the weed. The weed doesn't make us do fucked up shit. But yeah, no, this whole. Uh, uh, bus drivers fucking smoking, uh, truck drivers smoking, uh, pilots. You don't want your pilot high. It's all bullshit. It's bullshit pandering. I want my pilot to have a really good NO cannabis system, have a great fucking day, and then have a good 13-hour flight to get us to where we need to go. That's what I want. I want a surgeon not stressed out. Yeah, no, I want a surgeon not stressed out as well. And I want us to not, like, lie to ourselves and say, Oh my gosh, it was the weed that caused it, wasn't it? Which only somebody who has zero understanding and zero personal knowledge of the cannabis plant and its effect on the body would say. Do you know how many entrepreneurs that we get commenting on our shit? How many self-misspent in, in a THC group? 
in the uh uh Hell, I'm on my way to go fucking take care of $2 million worth of equipment that I don't want to work on. I mean, yeah. it's like we're not all idiots. And it's right. just we can't just like you can't put a blanket on all men are evil and I can't put a, all women are whatever. It's the same thing with weed and, and, and cannabis consumption. Just because you smoke it doesn't mean you're you're going to be an idiot. You're an idiot because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It doesn't fix stupid. Cannabis can help with a lot of things, but it doesn't fix stupid. It and so, um, yeah, man, if you got to go bounce to, to get to the job, uh, thanks. I'm sorry we had to be on for like two hours and 38 minutes, and I still haven't gotten to the, the – the, and there it is. And so I might just like eventually just turn this, point that mic at that thing and just be like, here's the debate. Uh, we'll be monitoring this. Thanks for hopping yeah. on, John Maddox. You know, you guys if you're still on, dude. Seat I'll try. Go ahead um, on, dude. No, no, man. It, yeah, because like – I might chill for a bit and let these guys like talk because there's people that are out there. So what's actually happened with the vote? Uh, we just did some math. This could go on for approximately like the Senate should be getting close. Uh, yeah. It depends on how many senators want their five minutes to say that's wrong. I can't. The kids. Yeah, the kids. Like, the Democrats aren't the ones that are saying it. They're like, can we vote yet? Can we vote yet? And then. Um, but then this is this is uh this is due process, folks. This is due yeah. process. This is why yeah, laws are uh, valid. There's a bunch of grown people wasting your time for an inevitable boat. That's ridiculous. But yeah, I'll jump on later. Uh, I just have to get to the place of business and do some shit. All right, man. Take care of things. I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, Senator Kruger say some stuff and just probably you know let that be the the thing that we're watching because there's 350 people that are tuning in. And if we just for some reason have like a four hour video and and then I'm assuming we're not going to get a copyright strike from the state of no. New York. It's the process, right? buddy. That's Civil right. liberties. Civil liberties or basic freedoms, man. Damn it, man. <laughs> All right, dude. Later. All right, cool. I'll see you in a bit. Let's bring them back on. All right. There she is. Senator Liz Kruger fighting for your rights uh, to have legal cannabis in the uh, state of New York. And I don't know that we have enough national data yet to really give you a better answer than in the states that have legalized, they have not seen any significant increase and in some places decreases. They have seen decreases in deaths from other drugs because states that have legalized marijuana have seen reductions in overdoses from opioids and other drug products. We do know the research shows marijuana does not lead to um, illness or death by use. You asked me an earlier question, will someday we see some correlation to lung cancer? And I told you that I don't think there evidence exists yet, but that it's a bad idea for people to take burning products into their lungs. But as far as you use marijuana and you get some kind of medical illness, sickness or death, that is not the case. It does not seem to have any evidentiary correlation to a growth in suicide, although that was mentioned earlier. It does not have a correlation um, to, I think psychosis might have been said. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure it was by you, Senator Lanza, so I want to be careful. But the concept that 
we're trying to make legal a drug that is going to cause some serious jump in death or illness from a variety of sources, simply, there simply is not evidence there to back that up. Yes, I will. I just point out that contrary to what was just said, there are numerous studies, including one by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, uh, that in the states where it's legalized, like Colorado, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington, um, not only is use significantly higher, which is the only logical conclusion one could draw from these types of things, but also that um, motor vehicle crashes and driving while intoxicated with marijuana is up significantly. And in fact, in Washington, it's twice what it was before they legalized it. So. We could disagree there, but there are studies that uh, support exactly what I've just said. So I'm just going to ask one more question. Uh, and I do really appreciate the sponsor for uh, this discussion. And I, uh, through you, Mr. President, I want to commend the sponsor for all the work. We disagree. But that does not mean that I cannot recognize uh, the hard work. She is uh, dedicated here and the poise and intelligence that she brings to the discussion. So finally, through you, Mr. President, the sponsor, yeah. Yes. Could the sponsor tell us why and whether she's concerned that leading health organizations, not one or two or three, many, leading educational organizations, not one or two or three, many, just about every district attorney across the state of New York, multiple law enforcement agencies, the medical society, fields of just about every field of medicine here in New York has come out and opposed this legislation saying in effect that based on all their expertise, which the organizations I've just mentioned, Mr. President, cover just about every area related to this topic between law enforcement and health and everything in between, like education. Mr. President, can the sponsor tell us why she thinks that is the case and whether or not that concerns her? Mr. President. I think I know why law enforcement and the DAs are uncomfortable with this. They have pretty much not liked any of the criminal justice reforms. This legislature has been involved in um, passing into law in the last several years. And I think the messaging follows suit consistently, depending on any topic that we might go into in criminal justice reform. On medical, it is true that the medical society in New York has opposed. I have done many presentations and panels with doctors from the top hospitals in the state who support legalizing marijuana and support this bill. There are individual medical societies for specialties that are actually been crying out for expansion 
of medical marijuana. The addiction specialists have been calling out for legal because they know how many people are self-medicating for so many issues with whatever they can get. And they would rather that they have a safe product that can be evaluated and measured and that it is helping to move people off of more dangerous drugs. So I do understand this is controversial. This is changing laws that people have lived under for a long time. It's also true, public opinion polling is in favor of this law, Mr. President. Not that that's how anybody should make their judgments, but the public by and large does support our changing these laws. The 15 other states that have passed these laws have not seen any of the horrors come to bear fruit, as described by some of my colleagues convinced, I don't know that pretty much everything imaginable bad that could happen would happen. The country of Canada to our north, quite a few countries in Europe, the Middle East, Latin America have all legalized. None of these horror stories have happened. And the bottom line is we made marijuana illegal as a pattern of outgrowth on prohibition when we knew that prohibition didn't work for alcohol or pretty much anything else in this country, but we remained letting marijuana stay on the books and continue. And that it was actually started out as something that was frightening American farmers because it was getting grown in Mexico and they were very worried about this country of Mexico and what it might be sending north. And so it's almost like, you know what the truth is, you know what the concerns are, you know, the people who said it was a gateway drug. Do you remember Reefer Madness? Anybody else here remember that movie? That was made in World War One to terrify the soldiers going across to Europe from using any of these dangerous foreign items and ending up with foreign women. I don't know. So it was reefer madness. It wasn't true then. It's not true now. I'm not trying to tell everyone go out and use marijuana. In fact, just the opposite. Think really hard about it. Be about it, but it is ridiculous that it's basically 40% of arrests, 40% of the arrests, and we are wasting lives. We are wasting generations of lives. We are wasting our criminal justice budgets, our court budgets, our DA's time and effort. Let them go out and deal with real criminals and real crime. We've got it. Just don't continue doing this. So thank you, Senator Lanza. I don't know if you had another question. No, just Somebody was asking, uh, and so I'm going to come back in. And 
do that one. Somebody was asking about how it's going in the House. We're of the opinion that the uh, Senate will be the first one to vote. And here's why we had a theory to it. There's 20 Republican senators in the uh, in the Senate. And so they, in theory, if the assembly rules that we found, and I'm assuming the assembly now, again, I think the assembly is just the House. Uh, and so I'd have to find the Senate rules. But um, uh, if the debate time limits are the same, and it kind of looks like it has been, it's been like about five minutes of a guy talking about why they don't like it. And then the sponsor of the bill answering their questions very, very nicely, and then moving on to the next one. And so if, if those time limits are the same, uh, 20 times five is less than 40 times five. So let's check back in on the House to see where they are. Uh, and we're going to try to hit the Senate vote. And then we'll be like, yes, it's done. And then eventually we'll get the House vote. But by then we'll already have like a three hour thing. And, and and the people will have that catharsis by going to the end and being like, and there's that vote. Well, they also have to vote in the other one. Ah, fuck it. Okay. And so let's let's check out the House. And I'm going to refresh. So we're, we're uh, so just looking at that guy that you saw, uh, do you think he's a Republican? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let's, you know let's, let's There's listen. There's a reason uh, a lot of medical providers and experts also object uh, to uh, legalizing cannabis for medicinal use. And on that, I noticed from social media earlier today, today is actually National Doctors' Day. I didn't put a resolution. Perhaps I will next year if someone doesn't beat me to it. Uh, and I find it a little bizarre that we're not listening to the doctors on National Doctors' Fucking hate. Uh, national days. There's a national everything day. Tomorrow is national. Uh, make sure that you go to work as a cat filter day. It's 2021. Tomorrow is national. Make sure you go to like to work like a cat filter day. Small point of order in the origin stories of cannabis legalization or prohibition back in the 1930s, the chief legal counsel for the AMA, that was a Dr. William C. Woodward, who was no slouch. She was a doctor and a lawyer. That's right. He meant business. He appeared at the House committees in August of 1937, where he provided testimony that doctors vehemently objected to the criminalization of a marijuana plant and also the disparagement or the disparagement, which is still on display here as we discuss the Marijuana Taxation and Relief Act with marijuana spelled just like they were spelling it in 1937. And uh, they said no. And then that's when Fred Vincent in the House uh, lied to the members of the, the House that were Republicans and told them the AMA uh, supported it. And I guess since then, since that lie, the Republicans have been in favor of uh, citing the AMA has not supported uh, marijuana. Uh, uh, research and legalization. And I think really a lot of the reasons for that is because it's been illegal to teach them uh, uh, anything about your endocrine. Well, it's not necessarily illegal to teach them about their endocannabinoid system. It may have been illegal to get research for it simply because uh, any research into it would probably have required marijuana and that would not have been approved. May explain why uh, Israel was the one who found the endocannabinoid system in anandamide in the early 1990s. And now we go back to a person who is stuck in the, uh, uh, let's see, stuck in the past, definitely, especially with a mustache like that. Get with the times, man. It's 2021. You should be a goddamn cat by now. Okay, that's enough silliness. The number of the cardinal signs that you see with people with chronic lung disease. Uh, and my concern is, is that with the increase in the probable increase in the numbers of people that will probably be seen in emergency rooms and consequently have to be admitted to hospitals uh, because of the treatments that they need. Uh, one of the other um, uh, one of the other issues with uh, uh, 
uh, people who chronically smoke marijuana is that they show more um, uh, more prevalence for chronic bronchitis, uh, something that needs to be treated with antibiotics, sometimes and bronchodilators. And if it gets worse, then of course... Not sure if you tuned in on Sunday's show. And if you're just joining us, it's 380 people. If you haven't checked out the Tommy Chong episode, do it. Give us a, a thumbs up and then uh, click subscribe. The Tommy Chong one will probably come up in your suggested videos real, real soon. And as you may hear, when Tommy Chong is talking to you, he laughs, he breathes. I don't remember him ever coughing. It must be all that bronchitis he has from decades of smoking cannabis. Uh, and anyway, I did not mean to cut off Honorable John Salka uh, or his Wilford Brimley-esque mustache. I am just a lawyer who also is not a cat. So uh, let's let's hear what the sponsor of the bill, Assembly uh, person Crystal People Stokes, has to say. And uh, what, what we see, first of all, is that most other states don't already have an existing market. Uh, like we do in New York, where multiple thousands of people are daily using this product. Otherwise, it wouldn't be at such a high dollar amount underground being earned. But we also found that, you know, doctors and social scientists have addressed this phenomenon in a real kind of positive way, trying to keep people safer. In fact, some emergency rooms are really pleased that people will come to the emergency room and say what it is that's, that's why, why they're there. Because oftentimes, in the dark world of all of this and keeping it underground, people won't go to the nurse, to the emergency room because they know that it's, Ill, it's an illegal product. This is actually helping people get healthier as opposed to staying healthier, uh, staying unhealthier by not going to the ER. So um, we haven't done a study, but we have done a perusal of what other states have done and what comes out of it. And clearly more people going to the ER gets us to a better place for a healthier people. Um, we are still, like, we would be, you know, monitoring the health impacts now if we, after we complete the studies. So we can't do both of these at the same time. Well, I just know that, uh, like, for instance, in regards to cigarettes, so we had the lawsuits against the cigarette, the tobacco companies, um, that yielded billions and billions of dollars in settlement money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the counties use that settlement money to offset their Medicaid costs uh, and along with some education components in that. So I would hope that if in fact um, we find, and I, I think it's inevitable, we're gonna find serious medical issues with uh, with the chronic use of marijuana. And now that it is going to be made legal, uh, that we're gonna have even more people using it. So that in fact, we're probably going to have a situation where uh, there are going to be more health related issues uh, as a matter of fact, the Institute, National Institute of Health found that um, uh, the commercial uh, grade marijuana has 50% more benzoprene in it, 75% more phenols, vinyl chlorides, uh, nitrosamines, free radicals. So this increased consumption of marijuana seems to me that it's logical that there's a higher probability. It's like a child talking about gravity in... 1810 uh, and they're just making stuff up but they sound sincere and they don't really know anything and then the studying every study they've done for the past 80 years has said they needed to decriminalize this and they need to study it and there's probably reasons why this was 
uh, a medicinal plant to get into. And so uh, let's let's break from New York and get into the future. This isn't going down right now today, but it will be going down quite shortly. Uh, there is cannabis that the, the they are considering currently in the judiciary. I don't think that it has passed yet. And that is, I'm sorry, that's in New Mexico. The special session in New Mexico has begun. And while this is a New York show, tune into Cannabis Legalization News, uh, where they're going to have the New Mexico uh, legalization. That hopefully is coming down. I don't think it's actually been passed uh, just yet. Uh, and so, like, I actually clicked on through to, it says you can watch it, but then the House has already adjourned for the day, Senate's adjourned. Uh, currently in progress is tax and revenue and judiciary committees. And so I think their, their uh, cannabis bill in um, uh, New Mexico has already made it out of those committees. And so uh, the House will vote on the cannabis bill Wednesday morning. Tune in tomorrow for cannabis legalization news. We might just find the feed and then just have that feed. And then I'll watch the feed as I'm working. And then I'll watch the video as I'm watching the feed while I'm working. And then when it gets good, I'll just come in and be like, well, I'm going to just get these emails out and then make those changes. And then I'll be reading this. And then, oh, oh, cool. They're voting. You know, uh, oh, speaking of voting, I don't think they're voting yet in New York. We're waiting for them to start voting in New York. The reason why we think the Senate's going to vote first, once again, there's 43 Republicans in the House. And if all of them hate cannabis, they all have five minutes in this debate, which is uh, a marathon session. And now we have Senator Peter Harkman. Another old white man who is speaking against uh, legalizing cannabis, I tell you. And so uh, I'm not sure if he's up with his five minutes yet. He has to be kind of getting close. Uh, thank uh, you very much. Uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, as, as I'm she the says, bill. thank you very much. Bill, sir. Thank you, sir. And again, thank, thank you for the majority leader's time. Um, I'll be voting against this only because, uh, well, for a number of reasons. One is there's so many unanswered questions that have been. So many up, unanswered uh, questions. This debate. And so I many. think those answers, those questions really need to be answered a little bit more thoroughly before we. I tell you, this guy has no idea what's going on in the rest of the world. And he has all these questions that need to be answered. And so uh, that's that's fantastic. I, I hope that he gives everything such uh, such care and consideration. And, you know, that, can you imagine this guy trying to order dessert? It's like well, there's so many questions that need to be answered about this cheesecake. I'm just not ready for it. Okay, let's see what uh, Senator Peter Harkman's got to say. I bet it's going to be in the negative. I went to Massachusetts and spent a day in Massachusetts doing my due diligence. And you know what they said? The number one impact of legalization, it was cars from New York State coming to buy marijuana. And that's tax revenue of adults making choices leaving. Senator Kruger in this bill has addressed police and DUI local opt-out for municipalities. I will finish in one second, Mr. <laughs> Mr. President, um, as, as well as 40% uh, going to education. We talk about substance use. We've heard a lot about substance use disorder. It has been underfunded in the state for a decade and 20% of the revenue goes to substance use disorder treatment and drug education. For those reasons, I will be voting aye. Thank you, Mr. President. 
Boy, was I wrong about that guy. Senator Harkman voting aye uh, cites the substance abuse and then, then cites how they are actually splitting up the tax dollar. Uh, New York has done a fantastic job sp splitting up that tax dollar. Substance abuse and, you know, being California sober or Cali sober is uh, so preferable to being addicted to uh, so many different um, substances that are quite prevalent currently uh, and and uh, that this is coming. And then the tax revenue will go to that type of education. Uh, it could be a really good thing. I have no idea if she's going to be supporting it. Uh, now, that's the other thing. Like, so with the debates, you know, if how many Democrats will also want to say, I'm going to be voting in favor of this? You know, I'm not really sure. There are 1.4 thousand people watching this right now. So I just might kind of like knock off for a bit, pretend that I'm a uh, Bubba Fett. And then, um, you know, maybe get something to eat while Senator Michelle Hinch, Hinche, Hinche, she's got something to say. The criminalization can build a business and can benefit from this moving forward. And so with that, I would like to thank the sponsors of this bill, Senator Kruger, for working so hard and so diligently over so many years to not just get this right, but to make sure that everyone across New York State is positively impacted by the passage of this legislation. And so with that, I vote aye. Senator Hinchy to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Jackson to explain his vote. Thank you, Mr. President. So my colleagues, I rise in support of the bill uh, this afternoon. But let me give a little background, if you don't mind. Marijuana was first prohibited on a statewide basis in New York in 1927 in a state statute that became a forerunner for other broad drug laws. The Senate and the Assembly have negotiated a three-way agreement to finally eliminate this prohibition legalize and regulate marijuana and make related changes to the law. The agreement is largely based on the framework of Senator Kruger and State Assembly member of People Stokes Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, incorporating some elements found in this year's executive budget. I rise, as I said earlier, to support this bill as a longtime supporter of the legalization of cannabis with an understanding of how New York's outdated marijuana policies have historically hurt Black and Latinx communities. I am glad to see that our Senate majority has gotten it right. And we believe that it's time to stop the ineffective racial bias and unjust enforcement of cannabis prohibition in New York. And we came together to work in unity, a framework for a well-regulated inclusive cannabis industry that centers equity is rooted in racial and economic justice and reinvest in communities that have been the most harmed by cannabis criminalization. We make sure that this process was not just about revenue, but also about health, environmental, racial, and economic justice. This agreement prioritizes reinvesting in our communities hardest hit by the infamous war on drugs, like the black and brown neighborhoods in my district and across New York State. And this is a win for all of us who advocate for progressive change. And before I conclude, let me just explain to you some of the key elements. All revenue raised from the sale of adult use medical cannabis will go into a new cannabis rev uh, uh, revenue fund. The remaining revenues will flow in three funds, 40% for the state lottery fund for education, 20% to the drug treatment and public education fund, which will finance additional drug treatment programs, school-based prevention, 
early intervention and health care services. Senator Jackson. As well as public health campaign to teach the public about responsible candidates you. And 40 Senator Jackson, how do you vote? We Unfortunately, sure. we have a two-minute time Senator. limit. So I rise, as I said, to thank uh, uh, Senator Kruger and uh, Assembly Majority Leader People Stoke, and I vote aye on this bill. Finally, after seven years, we finally have it. Senator Thank Jackson, you. to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Mayor, to explain our vote. Thank you, Mr. President. First, I want to thank Senator Kruger for not only her... her so, I mean, that's just... just this great. And years. so now we are actually in the vote and uh, to, to reflect the appropriateness of the importance of it. I just also wanted to thank the 400 people. We actually broke 400 while um, uh, that, that last senator was uh, explaining his vote. And so these are all going to be the ones in support. I don't know what the actual count is, but you're seeing it right now uh, as they are voting for it. Uh, this is the actual legalization of New York. Uh, so thank you for joining us over 400 Strong. If this is your first time in cannabis legalization news, please do give us a thumbs up and click subscribe. You'll see more of our crap in your feeds, and there's going to be a lot more on New York as the license window approaches there in uh, the next year. But it's going to be a great day for New York. It's a very good bill, and now they're really explaining why those tax dollars that they've put into it have done a great job. And, and Senator Kruger has been here uh, all day. It just, she's, she's going on. Well, she's done now. Now she's getting her accolades. And so that's fantastic. Let's hear uh, Senator Shelley Mayer or Maher uh, and why she is voting in favor of the MRTA. And particularly those of early middle school age, but there are important safeguards built into the bill that begin to address those issues and I look forward to working with the sponsor and others as we see how the bill rolls out to make the changes that need to be made. I'll be listening to my law enforcement community, to my parent community, to the school community to continue to improve the bill. I have no illusions that we are at a difficult point, but in balance, I support this legislation. It is a safe and thoughtful approach to bringing more justice to New York and to addressing legitimate concerns about how to legalize recreational marijuana. As I vote aye, I pledge to continue to work to listen to my constituents while we move to greater justice for all New Yorkers, which is our goal and our obligation. So I wanna thank not only Senator Kruger, but Senator Stewart Cousins, our majority leader, for giving us a path forward to find a solution to this problem that I believe is in the best interest of all New Yorkers. I vote aye. Senator Mayor, to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Brisport, to explain his vote. Thank you, Mr. President. I rise because when I was 19 and walking through the village with a friend, he was yanked by a plainclothes police officer, pushed against scaffolding, and handcuffed. His crime? Matching the physical profile of a suspected weed dealer in the area. When I asked the officer to show a badge or read my friend his rights, he pulled out his gun, pointed it directly in my face and told me to back up. So I'd like to be clear, a plainclothes police officer almost shot me in the face over weed. How many would-be future state senators have been accidental casualties of the war on drugs? How many would-be future teachers, doctors, lawyers, scientists? Today, we're talking about legalizing a substance that is safer than alcohol and passing this bill is the rational thing to do. But anti-cannabis sentiment has also been consciously used as a tool to criminalize, penalize, and drastically expand the scope of 
mass incarceration. Passing this bill is also the just thing to do. I'd like to celebrate the expungement of records for people who have possessed or used this substance. I'd like to celebrate the Community Reinvestment Fund. It's critical that as we move forward, we undo the harms that have already been caused to communities of color. We can move further. All simple drug possession should be decriminalized. The police should be defunded and the money redirected into drug treatment and rehabilitation so that communities can heal. The step we're taking today is a momentous step in the right direction. I vote aye. Senator Brisport to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Rivera. It's great. So like you just hear everybody coming in and it's slowly becoming more and more historic. And and now uh, what was painful earlier of just a whole bunch of uh, antiquated uh, talking points from literally last century that have been the same talking points for 70 years, ignoring research that gets done, ignoring the harms of the current law, conflating uh, the what cannabis is with what uh, other substances are. And now there's uh, 1.4 thousand people watching uh, the senators of New York legalizing cannabis. So let's uh, join Senator Gustavo Riviera, uh, who's a senator from part of the Bronx, uh, explaining why he's voting to pass the MRTA. In black and brown communities. So what we're doing today is we're taking a step back and then we're taking five steps forward to erase the harm, to start to address the harm criminalization and prohibition has done to communities like the ones that I represent. The work of my colleagues needs to be lauded. Senator Kruger, amazing job on the floor today. The job of our leader to bring this to the floor. But most of all, to all of those, to all those folks and all those activists who over the years have told us how much this needs to change. To those communities that have been ravaged and destroyed, we've heard you and now we need to fix it. With this bill, we start in that road. I vote aye, Mr. President. Senator Rivera to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Reichlin Melnick to explain his vote. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, today's vote to legalize, regulate, and tax the use of marijuana by adults is historic. In considering this issue, I have met and spoken with advocates, community members, medical professionals, and members of law enforcement, some who support and some who oppose marijuana legalization. This is a difficult topic. It's one which reasonable people can disagree on. Ultimately, though, I believe that ending marijuana prohibition and bringing it out of the black market and into a well-regulated and taxed open market is an important and necessary step. Some people are asking why we're voting to legalize marijuana. Our current approach is simply not working. We spend countless millions of dollars on law enforcement, locking up thousands of New Yorkers for minor violations, disproportionately in black and Hispanic communities. And all for what? A drug that is arguably less damaging than alcohol and certainly less dangerous than legal prescription pain pills that take the lives of tens of thousands of Americans every single year. And even on its own terms, our approach has been a failure. Marijuana is widely available in our communities, including in high schools and even in middle schools. Legalizing, regulating, and taxing marijuana will bring the black market into the open, allowing the state to set critical safety and licensing standards that will ensure people using marijuana are doing so as safely as possible. Of course, no drug comes without risks. People can and do abuse marijuana and become addicted as they do with alcohol. But when people abuse alcohol, we work with them to get them help and treatment. 
We don't react by criminalizing wine and beer. The same should be true with marijuana. While most who choose to use the product will do so responsibly, we can direct the attention of law enforcement to those who continue to illegally deal drugs and focus health and mental health resources to those who suffer from addiction issues who will now be able to seek treatment without fear of prosecution. Many other states understand this and have acted to legalize and tax marijuana, including two states that border us, Massachusetts and Vermont. New Jersey voted last year to legalize. Connecticut's expected to follow suit. Millions of New Yorkers will soon be able to drive across state lines a few minutes to purchase marijuana. If we failed to act, marijuana would be nearly as widely available as if we legalized it, but we would not get any of the benefits of increased tax revenues or the Senator ability right to make our own decisions about how, how you to regulate the market. It's time for common sense in how we deal with drugs. I vote aye. Senator Riker Melnick to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Kaplan to explain her vote. Thank you, Mr. President. I'd like to begin by thanking the bill sponsor, Senator Kruger, members of the majority conference and the Senate staffers who worked tirelessly on the legislation before us today. This bill is a culmination of years of hard work and dedication to getting the best bill possible for New Yorkers. And I believe there have been a lot of important changes made to the legislation that will help undo the damage caused by years of failed drug policy and lay the groundwork for a safe, well-regulated legal cannabis market that exists within a region where several states have already taken the steps to legalize recreational marijuana. However, I have long held concerns and have spent the last few weeks speaking with constituents, faith leaders, school superintendent, local substance abuse experts, and law enforcement. And there are still valid concerns about taking the step to legalizing recreational marijuana at this time, particularly around its impact on young people on rates of addiction, which are already skyrocketing due to the pandemic and on roadway safety. Long Island already leads the state in traffic fatalities, especially those that involve alcohol. And while there is promising technology on the horizon that may help law enforcement to hold impaired drivers accountable and serve as a deterrent to keep impaired individuals from getting behind the wheel in the first place. Without that technology in place, I believe this effort is premature. And I must cast my vote in the negative on this bill. Thank you, Mr. President. Senator Kaplan to be recorded in the negative. Senator, Senator Cooney to explain his vote. Thank you, Mr. President. I'd like to thank the leader and Senator Kruger for their leadership. For those of us who are new to the Senate, we stand upon their shoulders and we are grateful for their leadership in bringing this landmark legislation today. I was proud to serve as the co-chair of the Marijuana Task Force for the Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic and Asian Caucus. We wanted social justice to be at the center of this legislation and it is. This was also essential to the Rochester community. The war on drugs has decimated our black and brown neighborhoods. In Monroe County, you are 16 times more likely to be arrested 
for a low-level marijuana drug offense if you are black than if you are white. And in addition to re reversing a culture of over-policing, this legislation reinvests in our communities. For Rochester, this means real investment in education, in workforce training, and in drug and substance abuse programs for treatment and education. I also want to note the good progress as it relates to our existing medicinal marijuana providers, one of which is located in my district in Rochester. This is good for patients. As of the effective date of this bill, our medicinal marijuana providers can utilize patient-centered improvements. Patients can benefit from the whole flower and physician discretion for qualifying conditions and will not be left behind as we pass this landmark bill. Mr. President, I am proud to vote in favor of this legislation. Thank you. Senator Cooney to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Bailey to explain his vote. Thank you, Mr. President. Let me just thank first Senator Kruger for her tireless work and effort on this bill, Senator Savino for her work on the medical program. You know, I remember July, excuse me, June 19th, um, excuse me, June 20th, 2019, when we passed the decriminalization of, 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 of marijuana. And it was the five year anniversary of the medical program. And every time we've done some incremental work, but, to, but today we've achieved greatness, in my opinion. In addition to um, uh, Senator Kruger and Senator Savino, I want to thank our great leader. I want to thank all of the advocates. I want to thank Cassandra Federique and Chris uh, Alexander, who lobbied me actually for a, um, a ceiling bill when we were in the minority. Who would have thought that we would have made it this far? But we think about these things, about justice, inequity, and fairness. And it's about doing the right thing because as you can tell, Mr. President, well, not you can tell, I'm going to tell you, I am, the mem I am a member of the Never Tried It Caucus. But even though I'm a member of the Never Tried It Caucus, I think about the inequity and the injustice and the fairness about the arrest that's happened. We've heard things about 68 to 1 black arrest versus... I'm sorry. Uh, I don't mean to butt in, but uh, the Never Tried It Caucus is the lamest caucus that I've ever heard of. They're defending... Oh, I, don't, I, I, didn't, I didn't try it. I didn't try it. I'm, I'm in the Never Tried It Caucus. I am just a good person trying to make sure that these people that are terrible heathens and that use cannabis aren't going to be marginalized and arrested. And it, it kind of is too bad. But um, at the same time, you know, that's that's where it is. I'm I, I'm happy that he's supporting the bill. Uh, you know, don't knock it until you try it. It becomes better with age. Uh, it's, you know, not necessarily like life, but it does help as you get older. Uh, for more on that, ask Willie Nelson and our guest from Sunday, Tommy Chong. So I'm going to get back to um, him. It was just that the, the Never Tried It Caucus uh, the never inhaled. Oh, the Bill Clinton. Oh my gosh. I need to work on my, uh, one day, uh, I'll make sure to schedule that. You know, I have not practiced my, my fake accents today. I should do that. Uh, you sure you don't want to work on cannabis applications and getting the client work done? Mm, I don't know. Fake accents. But uh, what he's saying is far more important than this this shtick that I'm doing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him back in in the volume and and get out of the way. Economics, all of these things that we have been deprived of in the state of New York, relating to the unequal and unjust enforcement of marijuana and cannabis in the state, will end with this bill. I proudly vote on this president. Senator Bailey to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Sanders to explain his vote.
Mr. President, thank you. Thank you to Senator, Senator uh, Kruger. Thank you to all the people who have been involved in this. Time does not allow me to give them their proper respect. Today, I bring you the greetings and the position of the 10th Senatorial District on this issue. We are no stranger to these things. We have heard that there was a war on drugs. All we saw was a war on the poor. All we saw was the biggest criminals never went to jail. I'm talking not simply the cartels, but the banks that allowed them to wash their monies and get away with these things. These folk never went to jail. Uh, if we want a true war on this stuff, then we should have a true war. Now, I am not really in favor of this, I must admit. My colleague before said that he was of the type that never tried it. And I remember Bill Clinton, the president, said that he never inhaled. Uh, me and my group, we said we never exhaled. So I know a little something of this. And I know the dangers of this. And on a personal level, I urge everyone not to participate. But the greatest danger is the mass incarceration that this thing brought about. The greater danger was the incredible injustices upon these communities. The greater danger was the, the death and destruction of human life and potential by jail and things of that nature. Those were the greatest dangers. Now there's some things good about this bill. We can speak of the economic inequality, uh, the equity, social equity that the senators and, and the assembly people try to put in here. These things are good. As the author of MWBE, I absolutely applaud those things. Respecting the time that we had, if we had time, we really could speak and go into this, but time is not our friend. I will say this, on behalf of the good people of the 10th Senatorial District, judging and weighing the legalization versus the continued criminalization, we say we're in favor of this bill with all the trepidations that we have, but soundly Senator Sanders, in favor of this bill. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Senator Sanders to be recorded in the affirmative. And Senator Sanders is the shit. I mean, it sounds like he still doesn't enjoy, and that's too bad because here in about seven minutes, we got a 420 on the West Coast. Uh, and then um, just hearing what he had to say, that's exactly right. That is why you legalize cannabis. You legalize cannabis to rectify every single one of those problems. I mean, uh, the continuation of the arrests, I mean, like that, that you could stop that. That you could save on those enforcement costs, save all those broken lives that you're you are literally breaking these lives as 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 you why? And they said for the children, because it's gonna make law enforcement's job more difficult because it's oh my gosh, uh, you know, it, it's gonna ruin that that one poor guy who was like literally defending liquor uh, store owners. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and so like it, it's just so silly. And it, it's all from uh, last century. And then the guys that wanted more research, even though they've done research many times 
mostly in Israel, Israel since uh, the uh, Schaefer Commission's report in 1970. Uh, and then actually prior to that, when uh, Dr. Michelum isolated THC in 1964. Uh, and then going forward, when he finally found the anandamide, and then, of course, the endocannabinoid system in the early 90s, and that's why it works. Not that um, the guy with the mustache and the Wilford Brimley look wanted any uh, type of research on that, right? But uh, I do digress. Senator Louis, uh, oh, I need to move to a place that has more Spanish speaking, so I have to do it more often. Because uh, I'm not sure. And then is that I've never seen the U with the, it's not an umlaut, but it's the accent grave or something like that. Spepu Laveda. Let's let's see what he has to say about why he is uh, supporting the cannabis legalization in New York. Automatic expungement or did they not give back to the communities that the system has taken so much from? This legalization ensures that everyone, especially those previously targeted, will have a chance to participate in this new industry. Legalization of cannabis is long overdue. And for that reason, I vote in the affirmative. Thank you. Senator Sepulveda to be recorded in the affirmative. Senator Benjamin to explain his vote. Thank you, Mr. President. I, I rise as a member of the Definitely Tried It Caucus. Oh, I, I support the Definitely Tried It Caucus. A thank you to our good friend, uh, Senator Kruger, for all of her hard work and for her answering a lot of questions. As she knows, I had a lot of questions and a lot of concerns around our bill. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, I know I only have two minutes, so I'll be brief. I'll tell you why, uh, you know, I was very concerned that this bill, when we legalized it, did not go the same way as medical marijuana, where the majority of the licenses were not provided in a diverse way. And I did not want a scenario where we would legalize marijuana and the cultivation, processing, distribution, and the sale, and the sale of cannabis would be not in hands of the people who have been primarily incarcerated because of marijuana. I believed and I believe that there should be connectivity here, that those who have been incarcerated, communities that have been harmed the most should be the ones that economically benefit the most from the sale of marijuana. I believe Do you believe that the communities that have been harmed the most should be fixed the most by the legalization of marijuana? Let me know. And then it is time. We've been going for many hours. So I'm assuming some of the people who played the first time weren't here the second time. So we have over 420 viewers. Give yourselves a big thumbs up and thank you so much for joining us. It is another episode of That's right. It's time to play Name That Strain. Our strain today uh, has already been named. And so, like, if you already know what it is, don't let don't don't tell anybody. So this is a very appropriately named strain uh, that we have. And so uh, as have people already ruined it, Lauren says people have already ruined it. <clears throat> well, you know what? You know, there it is. There it is. Thank you once again for Brian Flips. NYC Diesel. Uh, and, and so hopefully a lot of this uh, NYC Diesel is disappearing this evening in NYC uh, in a series of small fires. Let's listen to Senator Kruger, who is uh, really uh, uh, deserves substantially uh, a lot of credit, like the lion's share of the credit. How many voted against it? I am not sure. They really have not given us a count yet, man. So let's let's go to Senator Kruger and listen to her uh, explain uh, why she believes in this law. 
but it will be worth the wait. The bill we have held, excuse me, the bill we have held out for in this state will create a nation leading model for legalization. New York's program will not just talk the talk on racial justice, it will walk the walk. Ending racially disparate enforcement that was endemic to prohibition, automatically expunging the records of those who were caught up in the so-called war on drugs, and channeling 40% of the revenue back into the most hard-hit communities and 20% of the revenue into treatment for more serious drug addictions, and then another 40% into education again in the communities that need it most. Not to mention building a multi-billion dollar industry for New York that encourages small businesses while balancing safety with economic growth. We would not be here today without the dedicated work of my colleague and partner, Assembly Member, Majority Leader, Crystal Pupil Stokes, who I believe is debating this bill right now across the aisle in the Assembly. And endless advocates and activists like the Drug Policy Alliance and many others, like Chris Alexander, who started out as a staffer on the bill and became a dear friend. Even after he left the Senate, he's continued to work so hard to make sure we get to this day. I particularly want to thank my leader, Senator Stewart Cousins, for her leadership that helps to make historic progressive actions like this a reality. I want to thank my colleagues for their support of this legislation many of whom told me I was crazy when I started down this road. And I wondered if I was crazy because I'm not the obvious person to carry this bill. I don't use marijuana. I don't particularly like it. It's not my community that's paying the price of our failed drug wars, but I saw such injustice going on. And for young people whose lives were being destroyed for doing something I did when I was a kid and nobody tried to get put a gun to my head and nobody tried to put me in jail because I was this nice white girl and that there was something fundamentally wrong with how we were approaching this whole issue. So I'm very proud to have played a role in what was an enormous task to get us here today. Thank you, Mr. President. I vote yes. Senator Kruger to be recorded in the affirmative. And there we have it. We have Senator Kruger also voting yes. Hopefully we can get some counts on this to see how many more before it's official. But it's... Announce the results. Oh, we're announcing results. Oh, ooh. Those senators voted in the negative are Senators Adabo, Akshar, Varela, Boyle, Felder, Gallivan, Griffo, Hellman, Jordan, Kaplan, Lanza, Martucci, Matera, Oberacker, O'Mara, Ort, Palumbo, Rath, Richie, Serino, Steck, Tedisco, and White. Eyes 40, nays 23. The bill is passed. Woo! That completes the reading of the controversial calendar. Oh, that completes the reading of the controversial calendar. Oh, spicy. Oh. It is donezo, and at least it, it is donezo in there. And let's see, we, we could check back in on the house. It shouldn't be subjected to long lines, especially 
would, that you would commonly have during an initial rollout of AU operations. Patients should have priority parking. Reasonable space should be dedicated for medical patients, especially that's relevant to locations that require shuttle parking. Is this, is this medical marijuana or is this done too? Comparable menu selections have got to be available. I think it's been done. Didn't it go through already in the house? Oh, I don't know if the because the house started it earlier. But um, if the house is already done too, then yes. Uh, right now, I mean, we're talking. That we can kind of watch a little bit in the house and see. But like, uh, if the, that happened in the Senate and then the house has already voted, fantastic. I wanted to remind everybody that as this happened, as that happened in the House of Representatives, I'm sorry, as that happened in the New York City's Senate, when they passed it, it was literally, what time was it on the West Coast, Miggy? Oh, shit. 420! <laughs> 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 oh, shit. It was 420 somewhere. It was 420 on the West Coast when uh, New York decided to legalize it. <sighs> That's some fucking universal fucking inception shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, like whether or not it has been uh, officially passed in the House, you know, it was going to be passed in the House. This thing was a foregone conclusion. It now goes to the uh, Governor Cuomo's desk. So yes. New York has legalized it, man. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. you. That was awesome, dude. Holy crap. What a, you, you were on a marathon, dude. Three and a half hours. Well, I made sure to like not pay attention for most of it. And I just put that down and then like leave, check my email, stay on top of things. And <laughs> I had a couple of walnuts, you know, <laughs> man. I Holy did. Crap. New York's going to be one of the biggest markets. New York is going to be one of the biggest markets. I want to make sure that everybody that's watching right now, we got 440 of you like subscribe, uh, share this because, and then check out the, the history that you don't know about Tommy Chong. He will go into great lengths and details that you are not aware of. Uh, uh, Lauren's got a message for us. Let's see what she's got. Oh no, it has not. It is still being debated currently in the house. Mm. So the, like we the, well, remember, man, when we were going over it, we we're like, Senate has got this many people should take this oh. long. How yeah, yeah. many people take that long? And that's what it is. And so, you know, the house is going to do the exact same thing uh, as the Senate did. Um, I don't think we have to continue to do the feed though. <laughs> if you can get the break, I think it's, it's pretty much safe in the bank with the numbers. It's already going to look like this is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, we should look at the people who voted against it. You know, the, look at your, you're not my backyard people. Cause they're holding right. you back. You know, they want to put you in jail for, you want to keep your state behind back in 1930, like keep it with like Alabama and shit, you know? Like, yeah, New York has got a pretty awesome opportunity here. And then they put a lot of trust in the administration and the regulatory authority. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, 420 views on YouTube. Nice. Um, nice. It's going to be interesting to see the um, the rules and the regulations as they come out. And stu stay tuned to Cannabis Legalization News because we'll be reporting on those and getting ready for the license windows. In fact, we have license windows that are opening up in Detroit on Thursday. Uh, tomorrow, uh, New Mexico is supposed to vote, dude. So maybe we'll be able to cover nice. that. Well, I mean, like it's, it's not 20 million people in New York as opposed to like 3 million people in New Mexico. But if we see it coming and I'm at work, I can always pop on and do something. But again, every state that legalizes it, the the uh, tourist industry, you know, I just think it'd be amazing to smoke weed in uh, you know New Mexico, and and it'd be amazing to, to to smoke weed while I'm camping in the dunes or something. You know, this is yeah, it, it, don't don't go. Let's see the house vote. <laughs> 
By the time you're on duty, you're on duty. I'm going to go get some dinner. You go ahead and and, uh, continue to do the house vote. Have you seen our numbers on this? This has been like kind of a barn burner of a video for us. It's already over 3,000 views and it's like brought in like 80 subscribers. You know why? The cat. I think so. No, I was like sometimes when I would be listening to their bullshit, I'd be Bubba Fett. It was hilarious. Oh, I, I wish I could hang out more, but I mean, Max is still working now. Like, I, like I spent my half my day just getting the shot and then waiting for this, and then uh, uh, I didn't really get shit done today. But now I have to do it, so that's why I got the coffee. You know, gotta fight the stigma. That's right, man. But thanks so much. And then I say uh, they're asking for the house, but I don't think the house is going to vote for like another hour or more. I don't think it's an issue either. I don't think it's going to be uh, again. You, Everything's pretty much you can guess. Nobody's gonna watch this. This is already three and a half hours long. People and are like, sadistic, dude. And <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm sorry. Like sometimes we should end three and a half hour ones with uh, with gas, like something like you know, where people are like burping. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Just, just Wait, like, can we give them the link though? We should give them the link so they can watch it if they're gonna watch it in their own time. Because I mean, absolutely. Let's let's make sure. And I already. Uh, exited out of the assembly link uh lauren if you got the assembly link with the live feed uh handy uh flip that she, she got it oh yeah she, oh, she hit it she hit it in the comments mm-hmm. oh sweet you know it was really weird i was checking our facebook numbers because you know our facebook ch- our facebook page and if you haven't gone there there's, there's reasons for it even though there's like over three hundred thousand people that are there uh it has to do with uh, uh being shadow banned and so there was only seven people watching on our facebook page and there's like 450 watching on here that's and so funny like, dude yeah uh, well i mean like you we did those you did those memes back in like 2014 or something it was a different world then and so when you started to blow up with marijuana legalization memes in 2014 uh facebook saw that and shut it right down well and i think you know along with that page though you know sometimes it's hit or miss what the algorithm is going to ping because i think uh i showed you that one meme that i posted it had two million hits in it without the year michael what's up, dude? but uh so you yeah. know we're hitting people but people aren't finding our page you know, look for the free THC, THC URL, like our page, and, you know, just it just helps us as far as the network goes and shit. Yeah, but then it's uh, the problem is that you can really see what happens once you've been dinged, put be put in a silo, and then you're just not going to get discovered. The opposite happened to us so far, and we have to really be careful on, on, on YouTube to be able to keep this up. We're getting into sure. suggested videos now, and so if we get into suggested videos, you know, we're not smoking on air. We're trying to not curse too much. Um, all that kind of crap kind of goes into it. There's our Facebook channel uh, that you can go to if you do like the Facebook. Um, and of course, you know, we'll see you here soon because, uh, you know, it's going to be 420 somewhere tomorrow. We have uh, news to report tomorrow, will probably be New Mexico and a little bit well, of this. Thanks, I know Lauren. we're going to be busy. It's a great week for weed. Didn't you send me something that uh, there's like 900 bills that are for weed and uh, shrooms? So. Wow. We're going to have yeah. a lot of content to talk about. So make sure you guys subscribe. It's going to be great. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We will see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.